When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up and welcome to Kinda Funny's Rocky Slash Creed in review. Of course, I'm Tim Geddes and I'm joined by the producer slash seducer Nick Scarpino. Adrian! The Nitro Rifle, Andy Cortez. Nice brisk, baby. And joining us for the first time on in review, but it won't be the last because we have a ton of these films to go. Holy cow. Sancho West. Hey, yo. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> I love the hat. Before we we went live, you told me that you had a story about the hat. What is it? it? It's it's not really a story. It's it's one of these pandemic buys on Instagram, and apparently the you got official, algorithmed. I did. The uh, <laughs> official Slice Stallone store was selling these pro, uh, replica prop hats. So this is a replica prop hat <laughs> of the Stallone fedora. So I I was like, perfect. I will rock this for Rocky in review. You got what you got to do, Sancho is. Walk away from the camera, but then turn back and toss the ball, and then turn away and then look back and toss the ball because he does that a lot in this movie. Like, he's always like, Oh, yeah, should I turn back at the thing, toss the ball? No, it's okay. Oh, should I turn back? Maybe I'll toss the ball, turn back. Yeah, you gotta do that thing. I love this so much because Sancho DM'd me years ago and was like, Yo, dude, when Rocky interview happens, you know who to call. And I was looking at the interview schedule, I was trying to figure it out, and I, I there was one date in late November that kept catching my eye Creed three, mm-hmm. which is going to mm. be directed by Michael B. Jordan. The first mm. time he's going to be like, oh, he's, he's awesome. pulling what's a similar thing here. Well, kind of where we're Stallone wrote and starred in this. He is directing and starring in Creed three. I'm just letting it be known. I don't believe that Creed three is hidden this November. No, no way. I just no don't way. believe it. We now, would know is, more about it by now. It, it's been, I know it's been shot, Nick. They're done with production. So anything is possible, but I, I'm down it right now, but regardless, I want to make sure we're ready for it. All right. And now I know Creed, there's only three movies, Creed one, Creed two, Creed three is coming out, but I was like with Rocky, there's a whole lot more. So we got to make sure that we are ready and prepared for that. We had a whole bunch of openings over the next couple months. I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna hit up my boy Sancho. If he's good to go, we're going to start this thing, get it ready so that we are ready for Creed, whether or not it happens later this year. Uh, but of course, this is Kind of Funny's in review. You can watch it on youtube.com slash kindoffunny or roosterteeth.com. You can also get it on your favorite podcast service by searching for Kind of Funny in review, and we will be right there for you. If you wanted to get the show ad-free, if you wanted to watch it live as we record it, you got to go to patreon.com slash kindoffunny, just like our Patreon producers, Molecule, Fargo Brady, Gordon McGuire, and Al Tribesman have done. Today, we're brought to you by ExpressVPN, Athletic Greens, and MeUndies. And without further ado, I just want to get right into it. We're talking about Rocky. This is one of the most requested in-review franchises ever. Like, we've done so many movies that at this point, we're running out of things that are super requested. But I want everyone to understand. I know you guys want Alien versus Predator. You guys, you, you wanted Rocky. Step by step. All right. We're getting through it. Oh, we're doing, doing step Rocky. by step also? Step by step in review confirmed right here. <laughs> Just for you, Nick. Just for you. you. Great. Uh, 
But I'm really excited about this because I let's go around the table real quick talking about our history with the Rocky franchise. I have never seen a single Rocky movie, but I have seen Creed 1 and 2, and they are some of my favorite movies ever. So I'm excited to be taking this journey with you guys. Andy, what about you? Haven't seen a lick of anything. Once again, one of those franchises that all my knowledge from it comes from Family Guy. Mm-hmm. The uh, the. the I can't think of the exact line, but the line that the robot says in one of the movies, I remember, I remember that moment. I, I just, obviously pop culture has been influenced so much by this franchise, much like when we did Terminator and review and other stuff, uh, other franchises from the eighties. I have no knowledge of it though. I, I did not expect this movie to kind of go the way it went. So yeah, I haven't seen any of them and now I have seen one of them. Yeah, I, uh, I'm with Andy in the same way that like I feel like I know these movies because of Family Guy and pop culture stuff. The only reason I watched Creed was uh, G and I were flying back from Japan, and that's a long-ass flight. So there was like a ton of movies. It's like, yeah, let's just watch whatever. This was like the fourth movie we watched. And it was the most unruly I have ever seen her uh, in public. Like where both of us were losing our shit. We have our little earphones in and we're just like, we had to contain our excitement on an airplane and it was very, very difficult. So I'm excited to see Rocky hopefully hit those heights as well. Sancho, what about you? Oh man, I I actually love this franchise. I love Rocky in general as a character. When it comes to it, he's like one of the top 100 in movie cinema. I love movies as well. And so to be able to be here is is freaking me out because I'm usually at the gym listening to all the intro and rigmarole. Uh, But in regards to Rocky itself, the entire franchise, what I love about it is that Sylvester Stallone is like the guy. He's the one who wrote the, a lot of the entire series, directed a couple of them. I think it's, it, this film itself, Rocky, he wrote it and he shopped it around and he was really sticking to his guns to be able to shoot this and to be able to be in it. So that itself, as someone who was, was an inspiring actor at the very beginning of my career, I love uh, Stallone for this entire uh, project as well. And in itself, I mean, it's weird. I mean, it's a movie that's kind of like the entire franchise and saga that went from like this weird, really niche, really dark kind of sort of 70s movie. And then when it gets to the 80s, it gets to this robust type 80s montage, really testosterone fuel that is like Top Gun Top-esque. And then it goes back into it later on that we'll see later. And then when it gets into Creed... It's really fascinating the journey that it has. And as well, if you're watching for the first time, it really mimics Sylvester Stallone's actual acting career. So I'm very interested to see what Andy and Tim has to say about it. And at the same time, you know, kind of look at this with a critical eye because the first movie doesn't age that well. Uh, But I'm excited to share my love of Rocky with everybody. Now, Nick, this is one of those those times where uh, this the this is a storied franchise, right? Mm-hmm. But it's first, so. the first one came out in 1976. This yeah. predates you. Yeah. Like this, this is, is this not predates- one that you could have seen in theaters. So no, I don't think, I think the first Rocky I ever saw in theaters was Rocky four. And Ooh. to Sancho's point, it's interesting because Rocky goes through a lot of changes as the times go through changes, right? This movie Rocky one for a lot of people who don't know is actually a very compelling, almost indie film about someone. Yes. It's, it's a very simple movie. It has, it has very little to do with the Rocky you're going to find in Rocky four. Uh, where, you know, the movies as, as Sylvester Stallone's career got bigger, as his star got bigger, the, the, the character changed a lot in it. And so when I say this is a roller coaster, that's kind of what we're in for is that this movie really was, um, to Sancho's point, like it mirrored Sylvester Stallone. He was broke when he made it. He, he, he was Rocky for all intents and purposes. Um, and so it's near and dear to his heart. 
But what a lot of people don't understand is this movie. I mean, this movie, I think, won an Academy Award or two, right? Oh, I'm, about to, I'm about to get into a whole bunch of facts yeah. that surprised the hell out of me. So I remember watching, and I don't want to do any future spoilers, but I'll just say that Rocky IV is a distinctly different vibe than this movie. Um, so when I was a kid, I watched Rocky IV, and I loved it, of course, because you're watching freaking Sylvester Stallone, Dolph Lundgren, duke it out. It's like America versus Russia, and it's the most incredible thing ever. And then I remember seeing Rocky for the first time a little bit later, maybe in the late 80s, early 90s, the, the first movie. And just being so utterly stunned by how much better of like how much better of an experience and how much deeper of an experience it was, because this is a really sad movie, and these characters are very, very, very not in a good place for the most part. And it's not traditionally what you think of of when you think of Rocky, right? You think of Rocky, you think of the movie that originated the training montage, right? And and in some degree, like you, you see this in this, but in a lot of ways, it, it kind of mirrors Rambo as well, where you watch the first Rambo and First Blood is a very, very, very dark movie about a Vietnam vet coming back and being disenfranchised. And then by the time you get to Rocky, I think it's even uh, uh, Rambo 2. It's like, forget it, dude. This is a full on blown out action hero movie that has very little substance to it. Um, I'm happy to say, though, Rocky, in my opinion, I mean, this first one, at least it hits on such a deep level to me. And. I, I love this film. I love it for a number of reasons, not the least of which I love the story that goes into it with Sylvester Stallone. I love that it's so simple. I love that Sylvester Stallone like choreographed a lot of the boxing too because they weren't getting it done. Um, and I just, I love that it's a franchise that I, I, I we'll see. We'll see when we get to the, the, the eighth of it, but hits more than it misses. That's exciting to hear. So getting into this, this is Rocky, released on December 3rd, 1976, with a runtime of one hour and 59 minutes. It was directed by John G. Alvidson. Andy, no, Tim, do you no, remember I, that name? I already spoiled oh, it for Andy. him, for Tim, or for Andy earlier today, okay. unfortunately. Okay. Sancho, do you remember? Do you know who that is? Oh, dude, Larusso. You know what I mean? Get the karate kid. Come on, Tony. Mr. Miyagi. Yes. Mr. Miyagi. We made yes. a good movie. It's great. <laughs> so he's perhaps best known for directing Rocky in 1976, uh, but he, which earned him the Academy Award for Best Director. Uh, but he also directed the first three Karate Kid films and wow. then came back. For Rocky Five in 1990, which at the time Oof. was supposed to be Oof. the end of the the Rocky saga, <laughs> that, was a, that was a tough one. <laughs> was a tough one. Um, this movie was written by Sylvester Stallone. Stallone wrote the screenplay in three days. Um, and now there is so much I want to get into. I I don't think I've ever read more interesting facts prepping it in review than I have uh, besides today. Like Rocky is a fascinating fascinating movie i mean so, i thought that was only four of them <laughs> <laughs> like God, hey it's keep coming these are gonna so, last for the next four months or something dude the music was done by bill conti who is the mm -hmm. same guy that did the karate kid music yeah. which is incredible yeah. uh when bill conti originally played gonna fly now which is the rocky theme uh the director didn't have a title for it until he just said it should be almost like rocky is flying now and they're like, cool, that's the name. Done. We'll write the lyrics. Done. That's how you see it in the movie. And I love it. This movie had a budget. Andy, guess the budget. Uh, 100,000. Whoa. Okay. No, no, no. 960,000. Okay. 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 Which is still unbelievable like that is such a low low number even back then the film was shot in 28 days now i'm gonna read this this a bunch of facts here 
that there's there's layers to this shit. This is the most I had to stop and go upstairs and talk to Gia and be like, yo, this shit's wild. Real Andy, quick, real quick. Mm-hmm. Where do you think the majority of the budget went to? The fight scenes. Makeup. 100%. I was makeup. I was assuming makeup and just like kind of renting that arena. That arena. <laughs> I mean, you see, there's a couple shots where like they straight up went to a different boxing match and just yeah. stole some footage from from like the crowds and stuff like that. But I have to I have to imagine that like five hundred thousand dollars of this went toward just getting the arena, getting it dressed, getting a few extras in there because it's very it's shot very smartly where. A lot of it's like close up. And then if you look kind of close in the back, there's like no one <laughs> like when you look at it. But uh, yeah. So uh, after the producers became interested in the script, they offered Sylvester Stallone an unprecedented $350,000 for the rights to the movie. He had $106 in his bank account, no car, and he had to sell his dog because he couldn't afford to feed him. But he refused to sell the rights to the movie unless they agreed to allow him to star in the film. They agreed on the condition that Stallone continued to work as a writer without a fee and that he work as an actor for scale. He had to sell his dog for 50 bucks. A week later, he sold the script for Rocky and bought the dog back. Yeah. <laughs> Rocky's dog, Butt Kiss, Butt kiss. was the same dog in the movie. So good. Damn. Incredible. Okay, and on dog. top of that, a fact that came in hot right before the show, he still owns the Turtles. Oh, I love well, that. Are you well, kidding me? Dang, they got big. They are 44 years old as of two years ago. So now they're 46. What were the but name of the turtles again? I have it written down. Cuff like and it. Link. Cuff and Link. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. stupid. Yeah. <laughs> so dumb. Yeah, so, he told there was another piece of trivia I read on that where he they they talked someone asked him, like, why would you why wouldn't you sell this screenplay? It's a lot of money. And he goes, Because I knew this character was good. I knew it could make me a star. And I already he was like, I was dirt poor, but I was already used to being poor. So there was no change in my life. Like Mm-hmm. I already had that down, so why not ride ride the lightning, basically? And it's just it's just so unbelievably like you think of Stallone and you think of all the caricatures, you think all the times people made fun of him, the brisk commercials, the people like, and you think of Rocky as not being the, the brightest bulb on the strand, but Sylvester Stallone is actually a really, really, really good writer and a really good like producer. I mean, he just he's a very, very smart guy. When you start thinking about it, he just sort of. He just kind of lost his way a little bit there toward the uh, toward like Rambo 19. Yeah. Uh, so we got the the producers uh, after they purchased the film, they took it to United Artists who envisioned a budget of two million with an established star. Uh, they were looking for Robert Redford or Ryan O'Neill, Burt Reynolds. But when the producers told United Artists they could only get the screenplay if Stallone starred, United Artists was like, we're not going to give you two plus million to make this movie we're going to give you nine hundred and sixty thousand, and not a penny more and they ended up spending 1.1 million the producers mortgaged their houses to get the last hundred plus thousand dollars to make this movie happen but here's the thing andy cortez it paid off the budget of this movie was 960k the box office was 225 yeah. million holy shit. dollars making it the highest grossing film of 1976 wow we what a story holy shit right yeah so awards this movie is considered one of the greatest sports films ever made rocky was selected by the library of congress for preservation in the united states national film registry for being culturally historically or aesthetically significant and guess how many academy awards this was nominated for uh four five like all of them ten yeah <laughs> ten 
best sound best original song best film editing best original screenplay best supporting actor best actress best actor best director best picture it won best film editing best director and best picture it better not have won best sound (laughs) (laughs) hey man you gotta not hit it all budget they had to skip on something but like but i want you guys to keep that in mind as we go through this series right because there because there's so many different it just this is the origin of this thing. And, mm-hmm. and when I was a kid, I was so, I was like, what? <laughs> like, how is this where we started? Like, they started from such a, a, a beautiful and, like, simple place. It's, it's, it's a very special movie. Yeah, Nick, keep going. Like, what, what are your thoughts on Rocky now? I, I still love this movie. And I love this movie because I love, it's a simple film about a guy who just wants to prove that he has some worth. That's it. And, he, and the way this movie ends I think is is probably is so perfect because I don't know if you guys ca- caught this or not because they didn't shoot the ending very greatly, but Rocky loses the fight straight up. He loses, but it doesn't matter because all he wanted to do was go the distance, which by the go way the is, is the name of that song. And it's which incredible. Was 15 rounds, bro. I thought like, what happened? It's insane. Oh, yeah. It was yeah, the eighties, yeah. homie. We didn't fuck around back then, man. And 12, they fuck your 12 rounds. They cared less <laughs> about like the mental health. They didn't care no at all. Well, I mean, like, the spoiler what, is that. What, yeah, well. When I saw the number 13 go up, I was like, man, we got extra <laughs> innings? What the fuck? <laughs> um, I, I love this movie. I love Carl Weathers in this film, especially. I think he plays the perfect antagonist because he's not a bad guy. He's the champ. He's put in a weird spot right at the beginning where he's like, we got to make this fight happen. And he just is like, we need a gimmick. We need a novelty. He's a smart guy. And his only real fault in this is that he doesn't train as hard as he probably should have for this fight. Um, Tim, I'm especially excited for you. Uh, as we go through this, because obviously, you know, like the Creed lineage continues. And so it's cool to see how all that uh, that builds together. And this movie is just done with like the, the next few movies are done with a lot of love. Um, but to me, I think I love the Sylvester. I love the Rocky Adrian relationship. Um, I think that I find him to be an incredibly endearing character. I love that he's a guy who is a mob enforcer and he sucks at it because <laughs> he's too nice. He like won't he, he just won't hurt other people. I just think that's so – I just find the character is so simple and so complex at the same time. And I think you just – you know, we're going to get to a place with a series where everything goes really big, and it's, it's awesome. And it's a great spectacle, and those are classic movies too, and I can't wait for you guys to see that. But this movie really is just like – it boils down to just that one, that one moment where he's like, I can't beat him, but I don't have to. I just have to go the distance. So sick. Sancho, you, you've seen this movie many times. What yes. are your thoughts now? Uh, man, I, I was just thinking of Hercules, uh, you know, going the distance. Uh, mm-hmm. But it, the whole thing about it is it, it's a very inspirational movie, like I mentioned before. And even it inspired like Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. They always talked about being like, we got to Sylvester Stallone this. We're not going to give this our movie to anybody else. Uh, so regardless of that, the movie itself, I mean, Nick already said so many great things about it. I, I think as well, what works well for it is it kind of reminds me of Taxi Driver, the way, it's, the way it's shot, there's a lot of like long shots like because they couldn't really afford to do more multiple shots. So it really sells it. And as well, this movie more particular than any other, maybe than Rocky Balboa, the city of Philadelphia is a big character as well. It's grimy. It's gritty. It, it's, it shows you like how the people in the neighborhood, Rocky's part of this neighborhood. So it's really cool to see like this nobody become a somebody overnight. And then you get to see Rocky deal with that in the future movies. Uh, I particularly love this movie. It's one of my favorites of all time. You people would ask me, what is my favorite movie of all time? And I would always, without a blink of an eye, say 
Rocky. Rocky is my favorite simply because all the characters are great. I mean, I love Austin. I, I love. I was gonna say Austin Creed. Holy, I, I love <laughs> Apollo Creed. I love Apollo Creed's character. We love Austin Creed too. Yeah, we <laughs> love Austin Creed as well. I wish there was a little bit more with Apollo Creed rather than just him planning this whole thing. I think Apollo Creed's character uh, needed a little bit more shine. I mean, Burt Young, wow, he's such a nasty dude in this. I forget how nasty he was. And he's so much a mean drunk in this entire picture. Um, but Mickey, uh, I love the character dynamic of Rocky and Mickey. And I love them so much. In, and it's really heartwarming to see where that relationship goes. Uh, and as well, you know, with Adrian being such a big pillar to this entire thing, I mean, I think without Adrian, Rocky doesn't last that long. I mean, that's how big their love uh, carries him throughout the entire picture. Uh, the, the only thing about it is, like, it's a very slow-paced movie, and in comparison to that, it likes to breathe in a lot of these moments of literally, as Angie said, literally just Rocky just walking around the streets of Philadelphia. Uh, I think... The third act is fantastic, and it nails that whole sports third act. Like, whatever happens, it's the game. Right here, the third act, and that's to me, is what I like about it the most. That boxing match is only like nine minutes long, but it's so good, and it ends so well. And uh, I, I, I cannot wait to see. I don't know if any other film's going to beat Rocky, but it just depends on what mood I'm in. So I'm excited to see what everybody else thinks about the rest. But uh, I got to say, Rocky is my, by far my favorite film of all time. Andy Cortez. I think Sancho mentioning how the budget kind of dictated having those long shots, that it, it all kind of feels like everything flows together because th those long shots make Philadelphia become a, this character. Mm -hmm. Like, it, the, you're so right talking about, like, how we feel that environment because of these wide shots, because we see the streets and we see that... You know, it isn't uh, the most comfortable living, and mm -hmm. and I think uh, it's a product of having this low budget needing these long shots to happen, and you kind of really get immersed in there. Um, this uh, th this movie has that sort of it reminds me of watching Karate Kid. Honestly, there's a lot of mm -hmm. moments that mm -hmm. I can mm -hmm. make fun of because there's a lot of silly shit in this movie, <laughs> but like it's a it's a really good fucking movie. Like I, I, I never once kind of felt like, oh, this is an old movie, an old movie's old sort of vibe. Like you, you understand it's a classic immediately. Mm -hmm. You understand why. Um, and there's a there's a couple of uh, uh, character interactions that I was talking with Nick about a, a bit earlier that we'll get to whenever mm -hmm. we get to that in the plot. But um, yeah, I just I liked all of the character development. I I kind of appreciate Apollo Creed not getting as much as maybe Sancho was hoping for, because I think having him kind of be so nonchalant about this and mm -hmm. being more businessy and not caring about that, I think if we got any more time with it, maybe the audience would have expected him to kind of care more about the fight. But I think that moment of them watching, of um, his manager or trainer or whatever, watching Rocky... Punching, beat the punching, shit out of sides of beef, beating the shit out of the dead cows and stuff. <laughs> I think that that moment was so important, and like that's kind of all I needed of Apollo Creed for them to be like, "Yo, Apollo, you got to check this guy out. He looks like he means business." And Apollo just like, "Whatever, I'm just doing the business. I'm doing the, um, the talking yeah. money, and you know, we're planning for the future." And he's overlooking this shit way too much, and. I mean and it's it's perfect. I think it's like played out so perfectly. Yeah, it's easy to tell why this movie's a classic. I totally get it, everything. 
and that's the thing too with with Carl Weathers. There's a there's another version of that movie somewhere around there where he would have been just this like cartoonish villain, right? But he's not because Sylvester Stallone wrote that. Sylvester Stallone loved boxing, and he realized he has that great moment where that bartender is being just a fucking racist asshole. Yes. Yeah, and he calls him out. He's like, "What the fuck have you ever done with your life? Like, what have you? What shot did you ever take? Like, this guy's the champ. Pay him some respect." And I think he wrote from that perspective too, where he's like. Carl, Creed's not a bad guy. He just happens to be the heavyweight champ of the world, and no one's ever even gone the distance with him. And so he wrote that, like, what a champ would feel, which is he has that one moment where he goes, he's like, what about this kid, this Rocky Balboa? He goes, I don't worry about him. I'll put him out in three. Like, I'll, I'll finish him off in three. Yeah. And that became the Vegas odds, by the way. Everyone's like, he's going to finish him in three because that's what happens when champs say things like that. Mm -hmm. I'm going to knock him out in 13 seconds, and people start taking bets on it. But it wasn't from... It wasn't necessarily from like a bad place. It's just from the ego of knowing you are in fact the best. And this guy has had 46 fights or something like that. There's no way he's going to last longer than that. But that's just such a good setup, you know? Yeah, and the main thing as well is this whole entire we didn't talk about it is is based on Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali fighting some no name boxer, and that no name boxer was able to go the distance with Muhammad Ali, and mm -hmm. Stallone was inspired by that. And so it makes sense that Apollo Creed has that Ali type bravado about himself, and he carries himself well, so well. And I cannot wait to get into more of it oh when we get God. to the plot. Yeah. I, know. I love that he comes in as the as Washington crossing <laughs> to Delaware. It's incredible. Right? Yeah, <laughs> he looks like a big flag. He <laughs> looks Apollo like a Creed. <laughs> What do you think, Tim? Apollo Creed is easily my favorite part of this movie. I, I fucking love him. I he's love incredible. his character. I love that he's just like he gets that it is a spectacle. He gets that it, like this is now not just a job to him. It is kind of more about like I need to be an entertainer and I need mm -hmm. to put on a show with mm -hmm. all of this. Obviously, I'm a big fan of all that type of uh, of thought process, but I think they handle it really well. And I was so surprised that in the first movie, we don't get the bad guy that is like this unstoppable force because he's just so purely talented and that's all that it is. There's this extra layer to him that they focus on so much more that is he understands what boxing needs to be mm -hmm. in order to succeed and like finding the story is the most important part and i love that it is creed's story of finding the rocky story right and being able to look at this guy that honestly kind of sucks like he's just out there like just scraping by and it's totally fine like he's doing his best but it's funny andy bringing up the the early karate kid movies that that we watched uh, a couple of years back and uh it is very similar watching i mean same director and all that as well but same type of story this being like this late 70s early 80s sports story what that looks like in movies like this is some of the original times we see so many tropes that nowadays are just normal like we expect to see the montage like nick was talking about we expect the hype of the final acts like the the game the match the fight whatever it is and to go back to the origins of it and see like them kind of figure out a lot of those ideas is always so interesting to me i do think this reminds me more of top gun one where i'm like i appreciate it for how iconic it is more mm -hmm. than i actually enjoy watching it or think that it's uh, a quality product in 2022 if you've never seen it before but i think that that always goes back to your expectations of what movies are now versus what they were then i can't even imagine watching this back then nick re referring to it as almost an indie movie like it winning best picture and best director blows my mind like that's that i, I had to like fact check myself where i'm like there's no way there's no way that actually happened based on the movie that I just watched. But then I'm like, it was a different time. And to think about how much this movie did for the very first time, like uh, one fact I want to read that I think is so cool is the iconic shot of Rocky running up the steps of the mm -hmm. Philadelphia Art Museum came about because of Steadicam inventor Garrett Brown. 
Brown, who was from Philadelphia, was getting ready to fly to L.A. to try to sell his newly invented Steadicam device. He'd shot some test footage uh, following people around corridors from room to room, but he wanted to be able to shoot something that even the most experienced filmmakers would look at and wonder how he did it. He came up with the idea for his girlfriend to run up and down the museum steps while he followed close behind her. Using this footage, he teamed up with the director, and then that became the shot, right? right. And we get so many shots of just Rocky, not even on the stairs, just running with the Steadicam. And it's like, it's those are the things that to me i'm like oh that's that's best picture material that's and it's the, the modified stuff. theme song too oh, oh, exactly. oh dude yes. all of that stuff yeah. uh so it's just good. this movie is so impressive for so many different reasons and we'll get into a lot of them in the plot um i i don't think it holds up that well just like as a, a standalone film uh of just what it is and i think a lot of that's just what I, I i've seen creed so i know where things actually like get both in modern times and in terms of just what we expect from sports right. movies these days mm-hmm. but there's no taking away that this is a damn classic and you, you see it through the seams my biggest problem with the movie though and you guys might not agree but at the end of the day it's a love movie more than it is a sports movie and i think it's a really bad love movie i do not believe in this relationship at all i think it's really freaking weird but it's really real and like that's the thing is like there's so many conversations between them that i'm like i don't like this but it's that this is how real conversations go sometimes yeah. they don't feel like beautiful and flowery and like there's character growth sometimes relationships are just relationships and they definitely nailed these characters being in the situations they're in and how they'd interact with each other Mm. it just doesn't read to me like a written movie as much as a uh here's some characters figure it out and go go for it andy and you mentioning it doesn't feel like a written movie i think that's the key word written is that a lot of these moments remind me of the kind of improv lines that Daniel LaRusso would have in Karate Kid, where a lot of those moments don't even, it's just that you could tell they have like a guideline for certain scenes and sure there may be a Mm -hmm. script, but a lot of it is just in Karate Kid, LaRusso going, Oh, you know, I'm just doing whatever. And you know, and here it's fucking Rocky doing, Hey, you know, know, like they're just kind of improv improving in a lot of these moments. And you can tell a lot of those lines weren't written in the script. It's just maybe, he felt like he needed to say that in a certain spot. And I got mm. I got a lot of the same sort of improv vibes that I got from... Uh, and I'm not saying, like, improv in the way that, you know, um, a, a Will Ferrell movie would be improv. <laughs> it's just a lot of these moments kind of felt a little bit more real because of what was being said. And they weren't so mm-hmm. crafted, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and that's the thing, too, is the Rocky, the Rocky character as well is... He's not a suave human being, right? He has a charm that comes from... The, his innocence, but he's also in this incredibly inviol- violent trade, both in the boxing and and as a as a person who's kind of an enforcer. So those are that's why I just find this movie so fascinating because it's just this guy that's like, in his heart, he's just a really good guy, but he has trouble expressing himself sometimes. I love the scene where he's like, I love the scene where he's practicing the joke that he's going to tell Adrian the next day, and I don't think I caught that the first couple times yeah. I watched it, but I love that he's just like. He's like there's more 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 bugs than it was more, more moss than it was yeah wow. that, yeah and he's just trying and he's like you don't okay, get what's happening in that moment yeah you yeah. don't understand it but then he's like then it, it it's okay and he gets a little smile out of her and then he goes okay I'm gonna go practice another and he tells her I'm gonna do another joke for, I'm gonna go make up another joke for you tomorrow it's just incredibly sweet and endearing and at the end of the movie too it always gets me too because because it, Creed it's it's very much. Good job, Daniel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks. You know, like with the with the Johnny interaction at the end of yeah. Karate Kid, but Creed goes, uh, there ain't there ain't gonna be a rematch. 
And Rocky Ooh. goes, good, I don't want one. Because yeah. <laughs> all he yeah. wants at that moment is the person he screams for, which is Adrian. And yeah. Adrian screams for him. And but then they go, why was Adrian not watching the fight? Because what? she didn't, because she couldn't bring herself to go watch. She knew he was going to lose and get his head beaten in. Like, it was going to be bloody. I bloody love, I love when she comes out, when she finally can't, she can't stand being in the locker room anymore. And she has to see what's going on. Well, she's she like, fight, it's gone so long. Like, it's so long. <laughs> and she comes fight? out. The fight might have when, ended an hour ago and I don't know. <laughs> but it's so good. That shot of Talia Shear where she's just like, she closes her eyes and then, open, and then has the strength to like open them back up. And Rocky gets back to his fucking feet. It's like, come on, dude. You can't write this shit. It's perfect. Yeah. I guess you can't write it because he did. And he won an Academy Award for it. So. <laughs> uh, okay. Talia Shear, the, the actress of Adrian. Do you know who her brother is, Nick? Uh, she's related to the Coppola. Francis Ford Coppola, yeah. the director of the Godfather movies. She was and, eager to break out of the shadow of her big brother. So she jumped at the chance to play Adrian. Yeah, because she for did. $7,500. I mean, it's an iconic role for her. And she, she, ended, she played, yeah, for those of you who don't know, who've never seen The Godfather, we'll do that in review in one of these days. But she did, uh, yeah, she played Connie in The Godfather, the sister. And she was great in that as well. And I believe the, the fun lineage of that family is hilarious because she's a Coppola. And I think Nicolas Cage is a Coppola also, right? He's like, mm-hmm. his, Francis Ford Coppola is like his cousin or his uncle or Whoa. something like that. So it's pretty funny that that, that that family is kind of a Hollywood royalty family. But yeah. That is awesome. We're about to get to the plot. Before we do that, let me tell you about our sponsors. Shout out to ExpressVPN for sponsoring this episode. When you use the bathroom, you always close the door behind you, right? Well, you don't want random passerbyers looking in on you, so why would you let people look in on you when you go online? Your internet service provider knows every single website you visit. ExpressVPN puts a stop to this. It creates a secure encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet so that your online activity can't be seen by anyone. I use ExpressVPN on all my devices, whether it's my phone, my desktop, uh, all everything. Anytime I'm using the internet, just because I am trying to stay as safe as possible. The best part is using ExpressVPN is as easy as closing the bathroom door. You just fire up the app, you click one button and you're protected. It is so easy. It's the biggest button in the world. One click, you're done. So if you're like me and believe your online activity is your business, secure yourself today by visiting expressvpn.com slash kind of funny. You can use our link, expressvpn.com slash kind of funny, and you can get an extra three months free. That's expressvpn.com slash kind of funny. This episode is brought to you by Me Undies. Are people still trying to make plans with you this summer as if you aren't booked and busy already? But thankfully, Me Undies wants to help make this summer the most comfortable one you will never forget because when you're living your best life, the last thing you want to worry about is butt sweat. And I know that from experience, but you know what? Me Undies has always been there to help me. I'm always wearing my Me Undies shirts, my lounge pants, my lounge shorts, my Undies themselves, the socks. I'm a Me Undies fanboy. Wouldn't have it any other way. I just absolutely love the soft micromodal fabric. Find your ultimate summer comfort in sizes extra small all the way up to 4XL. MeUndies has a great offer for all of you out there. For any first-time purchasers, you can get 15% off. For a limited time, if you sign up for the free to join MeUndies membership, you get 25% off your first membership item. To get 50% off your order, 25% off your first membership item, and 100% satisfaction guarantee, go to MeUndies.com slash kindoffunny. That's MeUndies.com slash slash kinda 
funny. Shout out to Athletic Greens for sponsoring this episode. I started taking AG1 because I'm not a big pill guy. I don't want to spend a lot of time on extra things, but I wanted to make sure that I was taking care of my health. Now, I've been using it the last couple months and I love it. It doesn't taste like it's super healthy. It has a fun tropical taste that I actually look forward to in the morning. With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focused, and aging. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash kind of funny again that is athleticgreens.com slash kind of funny to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance athleticgreens.com slash kind of funny hit it andy the plot starts now <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to need everyone's help for this one because right. I usually sometimes I write a fun line in this. Uh, but if I read the line that I wrote, I'll probably cry. So I need everyone at the same time. When I say one through three, I got you got to give me your best Adrian to start this <laughs> okay. off with. Are okay. we in on this? Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. One, two, three. Ladies and gentlemen, Rocky, (laughs) Philadelphia, November 1975. Rocky finishes yet another bloodbath of a fight. His corner man tries to get him to quit, but he won't listen to him. Uh, He takes basically an illegal headbutt and then beats his opponent into the ground. Uh, And I love this. I think the opponent's name is Spider Rico or something. Spider Rico, dude. Yeah, he's a bum. He's everyone's a bum in this. That's what I love. I love how this is shot. I love how dark it is. I love how there's like only a few people in the crowd and everyone's smoking stogies. This is the least hospitable environment for a boxing match you've ever seen. Uh, of course, as he walks out, he asks for a cigarette from a guy <laughs> as he's walking to the locker room. The guy's like, here, you can have this one. And he Bro. takes it. And some lady from nowhere just goes, you're a bum. <laughs> a lot of bum talk. Like, a lot of you. yo-yo talk in this. Immediately yeah. ripping a heater after just, just <laughs> after just getting the work out of your life. In, and then on, Spider man. Rico just sipping back on grandpa's cough medicine man, like, I love it. man they have no regard for their health it's incredible hey these uh, were the athletes of the time we're talking about you know man. beer bellies and just doing their thing man yeah eating wheaties and smoking darts there was no uh, calisthenics <laughs> there was no gatorade back then brother. and so i already love where we find this character right because rocky's like he collects his winnings after taking this beating basically 65 bucks it was 40 dollars after after all of the oh, that's right after the 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 corner man, which you had to pay for the, the shower that they charged him for in the locker, it was forty dollars and fifty five cents, and he wow. immediately asks, "When can I fight again?" That tells you all, everything you need to about, know about where Rocky is. Of course, he, as he walks home, he walks past uh, Adrian's pet shop. We don't know it's Adrian's pet shop yet, but it's a pet shop, and they have all these cute little puppies. And it begs the question: Hey, Philadelphia, do you just leave your dogs in the window all night? That <laughs> seems not cool. <laughs> it was a different time. Yeah. I guess so. Different time. I guess so. You could Here in California, by, we put our dogs. Walk, yeah, in a warm. You place. could just walk by the windows back in the day, though. It just reminds you of watching like old cartoons. The puppy in the window. It's like. That just doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> it does not, man. Uh, of course, when he gets home, he polishes off yet another beer and then talks to his turtles, Cuff and Link, uh, and his fish, Moby Dick. 
Uh, and then he practices a joke about turtle food and then uh, stares at a picture of himself when he was young. And it's just the saddest thing ever because you can definitely tell he's like, man, that was just when I had when life was full of potential. Uh, the next day. And, Rocky, and in that moment, though, I go like, well, that photo has been there forever. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's, it's not like one of those things where like maybe he opened a drawer and that photo fell out. No. And then he had the moment of like, no. oh, man, yeah. I've, like that photo has been out there forever, Rocky. Like, why now? <laughs> like, do you do that every night? Uh, maybe <laughs> you do. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe after every fight, he's like, oh, uh, yeah. we're going to find out that he loves putting photos on mirrors. Like that is that's a <laughs> spot. Thing. That's, that's his thing. thing. That's, that's his thing. thing. Uh, let's see. The next day, Rocky heads to the pet store where we meet Adrian, uh, who's very, very shy. Uh, and he tries out the, his turtle joke on her, which ends with the, the punchline. They're shell shocked. And he gets a little bit of a smile from her, which is nice and endearing. And then the other person that works there, I think he steals the pet, the turtle food. Yep. And crime she says, you got to pay for the turtle food. He goes, hey, crime don't pay. Crime little do we know. He actually is doing crime because the next day he heads down to the docks to collect the $200 debt from a gentleman for his boss, Mr. Gatso. Uh, the guy offers Rocky his coat, but Rocky looks at him and realizes it's cold and he won't take it. And then he says, you can, he's like, just tell him that you broke my hand. He goes, I don't even worry about it. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to. What you got, Sancho? I was going to say, like, I, I want, I love the iconic look of Rocky in general. I mean, this is where we get a lot of it, you know, from the bottom all the way to the top. They got the hat, got the leather jacket. He has the, the fingerless gloves and he has these awesome boots and he just looks awesome. Just oh, yeah. strutting around Philadelphia. He has the racquetball. And then uh, and when he gets to the docks, he has like a, a, a stick. But uh, the thing about Rocky is what works so well is that this costume, it, it's its the silhouette itself. It looks great. And he he says to himself, like, he didn't know what to do for the costume. And he he found the hat, like a, the hat and the jacket in some like thrifty store. And he was like, this is going to be the look. This is perfect. And ever since then, he felt like he was at home. And, you know, we got to put this in, in fact, like for someone that had zero acting experience, to be able to pull this like easy character, not not the easy character, but like in terms of the stillness of Rocky, the moments where he's just walking, like that's what Stallone is really known for, is not saying much, but with his eyes. He gets a lot done with his eyes and he has this like stare that works really well. And um, I just, right off the bat, seeing Rocky in this full form, form it's amazing. And and that's why I think it makes him a sets really good character tone. going forward. Yeah, sets the tone. What's also so, really, go, go ahead, for it. Sorry. I was gonna say it's, it's a great bit of uh, of what we like to call in the trade visual storytelling as well because mm -hmm. he's always wearing this leather jacket, but it's like snowing in Philadelphia, and there's moments where you can tell he's too cold, but he doesn't have any money. He can't buy another jacket. Everything in his life is pretty run down, um, and so I love that. If you got, if you notice, he just really never changes his clothes. He's pretty much wearing the exact same thing all the mm -hmm. time because he doesn't have a wardrobe, and that it's never really they never really call that out. It's just that's where he is. You know, he lives in this not very nice apartment and. Can barely he has to steal looks like a bum Everyone food for his pet yeah it does you know and that's what it is yeah uh some fun facts here about this uh this scene a whole bunch in the movie as well as most of the scenes of rocky jogging through philadelphia were shot guerrilla style with no permits no equipment and no extras the shot where he runs past the moored boat for example the crew were simply driving by the docks the director saw it and was like oh this would be a, a good background so he had sylvester simply get out of the van and run along uh near the boat while they filmed it from the side door a similar story concerns the famous shot of rocky jogging through the food market as he runs the stall keepers and the people on the sidewalks can clearly be seen looking at him like confused because mm -hmm. they were not part of the movie uh, while this works in the context of the film to suggest that they're looking at rocky in reality they had no idea why this man was running up and down the road being filmed from a van during the scene the famous shot where the stall owner throws rocky an orange was completely improvised by the stall owner who had no idea that a movie was being filmed and that he would be in it awesome 
Yeah. Incredible. Incredible. Uh, of course, after Rocky uh, collects the, the 160 bucks or 130 bucks he can get out of the guy, he heads over to, to his boss, Mr. Gatso, and who gives him a little bit of a, the fee for it. But he's not super happy that Rocky didn't break the guy's thumbs. And to be fair, to, to this guy's credit, as far as mob bosses go, as far as loan sharks go, guy's pretty decent guy. Really nice. He's like, listen, man. Yeah, I got to level with it. You can't, you got, if I tell you to break someone's stuff, you got to do it or else people think, you know, it's, it's my reputation that's not online, right? Because like, I oh, know, I know. And he's like, I love the, he like let me bucks. do the assuming. Don't, yeah. you don't assume, let me do that. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. And that guy, I think, was, um, I want to say he was also in The Godfather. He's, he was a, he's been in some stuff. I can't remember what else he was in, but uh, I know. And then pa- I was going to say, I know we passed it, but I like Sloan's like, you, you should have planned better. Yeah, you should play <laughs> uh, And then, of course, the Rocky, as he's getting his, his, uh, his next marching orders, <laughs> yeah, he just can't figure out how to spell Del Rio. He's like, hey, how do you spell Del Rio again? It's so funny. He has to write everything down, too. I like that. He's like, he takes copious notes because he wants to do a good job. He just doesn't have necessarily the tools, nor does he have the disposition to be a mob enforcer. Yeah. Um, we head over, of course, to Mickey, uh, to Mighty. I think it's Mighty Mix Gym. I forget the name of the gym, but uh, Mickey's Gym. Uh, but he find, when he goes to his locker, he finds that there's a new lock on it. Uh, somebody else has moved in. Uh, Rocky, of course, confronts Mickey, who's played by the venerable uh, Burgess Meredith. Uh, about, and I don't know if you guys recognize him from anything, but Tim, if you remember, do you know what movie he's from that I'm thinking of at the top of my head? No. Or show, rather. Uh, Burgess Meredith, of course, played the Penguin in uh, the Adam West Batman. Oh, shit. Okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, wow. And then Mickey is basically like, listen, man, we had to make space for people who are actually like doing the doing the job, who have who have hopefuls. Uh and he calls him a tomato. <laughs> and then Mick <laughs> tells him, he's like, you he's like, you got heart, kid, but you fight like an ape. Uh Mickey tells him he should think about retiring, and that's not the first time he's heard this. Uh he heads back to the pet store and offers to walk Adrian home, but she turns him down. Uh, he tells Adrian he's gonna go home and think of a new joke for tomorrow. Uh, outside the local bar, he walks by and sees a man passed out outside. So he picks him up and just brings him inside and then sits in one of the boots because uh, the guy's about to freeze to death. Uh, and then he heads back to talk to Paul. And those are the and like that's such an inconsequential scene, but it's right. It, it's it, it builds his character yeah, and it just absolutely. kind of like it's such a, a, a nothing sequence. But it's I, I think does a lot for, you know, showing you who he really is and how he kind of carries himself. And to that point, Andy, I feel like that's what this movie is to me as a whole is it's a whole bunch of like little tiny moments that really aren't anything, but they add up to who this character is that I'm excited to see him go to the future. Like I haven't seen the future movie, so I don't know, but everything I've ever heard pop culture wise is they do get ratcheted up and things get crazier. And I like that this first one is building off of this is who this dude is. And we get a lot of those little tiny moments that I'm like, all right, I, I appreciate this movie because they took the time. They took their entire two hour runtime to be filled with very bizarre pacing, but really important moments of building up what Philadelphia is, who Creed is, who Rocky is mm-hmm. and et cetera. Adrian, I could have used a little more, but you know, we'll get we'll get a little and we'll and we'll get a little bit more of Adrian in the future, uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. if memory serves correctly. Uh, but uh, and that's the thing too is that what I want to call attention to is like you think about Rocky, you think about some of the later Rockies, you think this is kind of an action sports movie. This movie is not an action sports movie. It has sports in it. This is a drama. This is that's what this is, and and that's where they're starting off from. And so I think he really wanted to make sure that character had some for for as simple as he comes off had had dimensions and had depth. Some um, people say it's a New Year's movie. Could be a Thanksgiving movie also. You never know. Yeah. That too. Yeah, both. You want the bird? Go get the bird. 
I thought that was weird with yeah the fucking bird thing that was hilarious. <laughs> but uh, the uh, it was weird they kept talk. Carl Weathers kept talking about uh, it being like America's birthday. And I'm like bicentennial something. It was. I don't know. I, I just thought that was weird because I was like, damn, they're gonna get all the way to the Fourth of July. Oh. Like that's insane. Dude, 1976, the, what are the decorate in 1776. So that's why it was the bicentennial yeah. year. It was going into that celebration. Oh, that was the theme okay, of okay. Whatever it was. Gotcha. Yeah. 200 years, America's birthday. Yeah, um, and that's that's why, like, it was a New Year thing. Yeah, of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, that's why, like, they were in Thanksgiving, and it's like, well, nobody wants, nobody has enough time to train for that, you know? And, it's too quick and they were around. worried about, like, Y2J and stuff like that back in the day, so. Yeah, dude. True. It's true. Uh, Rocky heads back. And we meet. We meet Polly. Uh, Polly is Adrian's brother, uh, and uh, he's like he he wants to know why she keeps giving him the cold shoulder. And Polly's just an asshole. He calls his sister Dude, a loser. And tells Rocky. Terrible. But, Fuck Polly, man. Yeah, Polly. Polly's. Polly's. We're finding Polly. Polly in a very dark place as well, right? He's. And that's the thing about his character is that. He's abusive. He's incredibly abusive toward his sister. He yeah. blames her for a lot of things. He, you know, there's lots of moments in this movie where he talks about how he has to take care of her. But in reality, as the audience can plainly see, she's the one taking care of him. And that gives her a tremendous moment where she finally stands up to him. And she's like, she's basically tells him off. And then he has that moment where of vulnerability too, where it, he's been taking all of his shit out on her for so long that he just breaks down. And he goes, I can't fucking pack meat anymore. I can't do, I can't live this life anymore. And it's just, it's an incredibly sad scene. But, you know, Talia Shear just does, just crushes it in that moment. I think um, the character of Polly, uh, it really hits home to me because, you know, I, growing up in a Met Mexican-American family, I mean, we had uncles like that that were just drunks. Oh, yeah. They, they oh, just yeah. were. I mean, uh, and he it's just, you know, seeing his performance, he did a really good job. But it's just it's one of those ones like you don't know if he's in a good mood. You don't know if he's in a bad mood. You don't know how to talk to him. It, 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 you know, in that character... Uh, you know, it, it's just so, so, so weird to see on screen portrayed that way. And it's just a matter of family, you know, you, yeah. there's, it's just, that's a brother that you can't, you can't, and Rocky just had do? to deal with him. What are you going to do? Right. I mean, yeah. he's your brother. And we all had those family members. It's just like, man, is you don't know what's going to set him off. Exactly. You, exactly. And, and Burt Young does such a good job of that depth of character where he could be such a raging alcoholic and then he could just be so broken. And I cannot wait for y'all to see where he he ends up as as this ride goes along. Yeah. Um, but I, I just think like those were really th that's what I meant to me when I coming back into this with a critical eye. I was like, wow, this is actually really hard to watch. Uh, such Adrian, such a, a lovely character, just be beaten down every day, and honestly, beaten being abused to the point to where uh, she has no choice but she goes out with Rocky. And I, and I think that's that to me was was kind of strange. It's like I think it, they when we get there, like I wish they could have done that. A little bit better to show that Adrian wanted to be with Rocky. Very, very. I mean, uh, Tyler Schaller's performance is so subtle that you have to really be paying attention to it. But I wish it was beaten over the head a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. Like we that. only had really one line of her being like, "Right, I need to know about this before she comes over. I'm not prepared." You know, I think that's right. the only inclination we got that. She There's wants to do interest. this. She's just yeah. not ready for it. Yeah, mm -hmm. and, and I think that's what they were going for. But to Sancho's point, it did, it wasn't that that aspect and the relate the beginning of their relationship. I think is the weakest part of this movie. I, I yeah. just think they they did not do it very well um, at all. I think what they were intending was that she does like Rocky, but she doesn't know how to express that because she is a shy person and and her and she doesn't want to look any more vulnerable than she already is in front of her brother. But by the time we get past the first date, I I think that the two characters have tremendous chemistry past that point. And I think they start growing. They they do a great thing too, where like, and I'll dis I'll disagree with Andy. I think who who was saying that I wish they set it up more. They do a time jump where it just jumps to Christmas and they're just sitting on the couch together holding hands. And I love that moment. 
Because I'm like, oh yeah, well that's that's what you would that's where you would be after a couple like a, a, I don't know what two three weeks or something like that after dating. It's like I don't know. I just I just always like that moment. They're in like sweaters and stuff. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, we're still at the bar though. Uh, Paulie invites him over the next day for Thanksgiving. He's like, make sure she knows I'm coming. And he's like, oh yeah, yeah, I'll tell her. Of course, he's an asshole and does not. And then we see a news report about the heavyweight champ Apollo Creed coming to town for the fight. Now, Tim, you're familiar with the movie Creed. Mm-hmm. You're familiar with the character Adonis Creed, who is Apollo Creed's son. Is no there spoilers? You gotta Fair be enough. careful with. Fair you. enough. Fair enough. Maybe he is. Maybe he isn't. Maybe Michael B. Jordan isn't even in any of these movies. Spoilers. He is. Is there a cooler fucking name for a character than Apollo Creed? No, it's really damn cool, man. It's so I'll give awesome. anyone this pen if you can give me a better name than Apollo Creed for a badass heavyweight Who champion of the world. Who's going to take Starscream. it? Starscream. <laughs> okay, you get the pen. That's pretty dope. That's pretty cool. <laughs> During his audition, Carl Weathers was sparring with Sylvester Stallone and accidentally punched him on the chin. Stallone told Weathers to calm down as it was only an audition, and Weathers said that if he was allowed to audition with a real actor, not a stand-in, he'd be able to do a lot better. The director smiled and told Weathers that Stallone was the real actor and the writer. Weathers looked at Stallone thoughtfully for a moment and said, well, maybe he'll get better. Stallone immediately offered him the role. Yeah, it's perfect. Perfect. Dope. I love and, that. And you can't you can't underplay Carl Weathers' charm. The no, guy is no. just so fucking so lovable good. in this. Yeah. And he's an he, you know, he's smart, he's a strategist. You can see that he has everything it would take, not only the physical talent and the mental endurance, but the 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 strategy aspect of of getting there. Like I love that part where, you know, we talked about it already when, when his trainer um is watching rocky fight and starts to get worried and but he's too busy making sure the mayor's getting a dozen roses and, and getting and everyone's getting the, the right people are getting invited to the fight because he knows he's thinking three-dimensionally about everything and rocky's just concerned with his footwork and toughening up his hands yeah it's just very cool very very cool those little things one, one um, thing this movie is boxing at its core a little bit as well is i when i did an interview with showtime porter who is this big boxer back in cleveland uh, he talked about that. I asked him a question about Logan Paul and, and Floyd Mayweather. And he was like, listen, the, the Paul brothers for boxing, they're good for business because they know about business. They understand about how to sell tickets. And ultimately, that's what Creed is all about. He wants to sell tickets. The date's important to him. The fighter he's fighting is important to him. And him himself, his presentation is important to him. So I think that's what I love about these movies as well is that the sweet science of boxing is represented in all different ways. And so much of the way like Stallone fights, he fights Southpaw, which is so interesting to see how he fights. And he's just very barbaric in the way he fights yeah. Apollo Creed, who is on his toes and he's moving very well. So I, that's what I like about Apollo Creed in this instance of that. He understands the business of that. And that is part of boxing. And it reminds me even more of whenever you see an upcoming uh, card and maybe somebody drops out at the last minute because somebody's hurt or they got COVID or whatever the hell happens. And when they find a fill in, they are still doing their damnedest to hype this up. Oh, yeah. Even though, you know, this mm-hmm. villain ain't worth a damn and was not what the last boxer was going to be. And we see that happen here where, like, obviously, this is n- no longer the opponent that Apollo Creed is wanting to face. We got to find some random dude and we're going to hype this dude up. And we, mm-hmm. we are going to make this like a big spectacle. You know, it's all about that spectacle. Um, but I, I did want to point out when we are there on that Thanksgiving sort of night, I, I had to laugh out loud because it it reminded me of when you're in the house and your parents are getting mad at your friend or their parents, your <laughs> yeah. friend's parents are getting mad at your friend. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're yeah, just yeah. like, it's you so feel super awkward. At the, yeah. And yeah, when he's throwing the fucking chicken out and he's like yelling at her and shit. Um, 
<laughs> like the fact that Rocky <laughs> stayed there because like he watches the commercial and then there's still an attempt made to like go ask her out and I was like bro I would have left like fucking yeah. 30 minutes ago <laughs> like this is she so is uncomfortable not, man this, bro. <laughs> um, of course before he leaves the bar uh, the bartender's just an asshole about Apollo uh, but Rocky of course stands up for him he says this man is the champion of the world he took his best shot and became champ what shot did you ever take and just gets pissed and leaves and then of course the bartender's like you want me to take a shot I'll take a shot I'll take a shot of whiskey right now uh, as Rocky rocks home, he he passes by a, the a world's of- longest scene. I swear to God, this was 15 minutes of Rocky. It. They it's showed so every funny. single back and forth between oh. him and this fucking kid, and they're just having a conversation, Marie. and it just and never Marie. ends. I and was Marie. like, "Yo, we're actually in real time walking from the bar to his house. Like, this is wild." That was a, that's the sequence I got it done without. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is I'm gonna is- say a bad word. Whore. <laughs> I'll say it ten more times. Don't be a yo-yo. I'm like, all right, y'all. But, but it's but again, you want to talk about those character moments, right? Rocky mm-hmm. is trying his best to impart some sort of wisdom to Marie and try and and, and try to keep her on the straight the and narrow. And Youth. she turns and she goes, he hey, is Rocky. A Fifty-year-old man. But they, but, keep, but, they but, keep telling us he's thirty, but I don't believe it. You guys. <laughs> but I love it because when he walks her home, he finally goes home. And she goes, "Hey, Rocky," and he goes, "What?" She's like, "Fuck you!" <laughs> like, You're who a the fuck creep. are you? You're a fucking you idiot. People? And he walks away and he goes, "She's right, right." He whispers to himself, "Yeah, who, who are you to give advice?" She's right. I am right? a creepo. Uh, I do want. I, I do. I do want to. Um, we've totally forgot a moment that I meant to, that I, I think we skipped over from trivia. But when he's walking home originally, and I don't think it's this point. I think it was earlier in the film. There's a group of singers yeah. on the uh, uh, on the side of the, uh, the road on, on the sidewalk rather singing "Take Me Back." Do 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 do. Tim, do you know who the lead singer is? Take no. me back. The lead singer, the person that wrote that song, is Frank Stallone. Sylvester yeah. Stallone's brother. Okay. You can see him very clearly. You look at him like that dude is that's, looks that's exactly like Sylvester Stallone. He was, I do uh, love going back to the Philadelphia kind of being its own character. I love that in Philadelphia at any time of night doesn't matter. There's just no. groups of youths in front of yeah. every every Burning block needs kids. one group to just yeah. be chill and talk. We got the singers over here. We got the alcoholics over here. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just like good for you guys. Good for you, Philly. But I love that in that scene specifically, Rocky walks by. And these, these guys are, I mean, admittedly very good singers uh, who are harmonizing well. And Rocky's like, you guys are getting better and better every day. <laughs> He's just so positive. He just like, wants to up, prop creepo. everyone up. <laughs> like, get out of here, Slimo. Anyway, Rocky reflects on what just happened. And he asks himself, damn it, you're right. I shouldn't be giving advice to anyone. And he walks home. The next day, Rocky and his trainer are, are given, excuse me, uh, Apollo and his trainer are given the bad news that his opponent is injured and cannot fight. Uh, no good can contender will take the fight against Apollo with only five weeks and he's like yeah they're just scared because he knows that he that Apollo's going to beat them so he gets a good idea he's like we can't get a good contender we can't get a good opponent we need this fight needs a novelty quote this is the land of opportunity Apollo Creed will give a local Philly boy a shot at the greatest title on this planet uh and then Rocky of course while he's doing that Rocky's meeting with Gatso again and his driver just a dick this guy for no reason just mean to Rocky just an asshole about Adrian all this hell dude like again talking about the pacing in this movie being so funny like and uh, in a lot of ways i appreciate that this movie didn't go the directions i thought it was going to because it kind of kept me on my toes a little bit like by the time we were getting to the end of it i really didn't know who was gonna win 
which right. I thought was kind of cool. I was like, because I thought I had it like dead to lock. I'm like, I got this. And then when it when it went past the 12 rounds, Andy, that's when I was like, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> like, You're the 44th oh, round. Right? Yeah, I'm like, whatever. <laughs> seven round. <laughs> but like going into the just the idea of like how a movie is t- traditionally structured, like they're setting up these whole uh, loan collector people and the bad guys, the drivers and asshole, all this stuff. I thought at some point that was going to come back as a plot. Yeah. There was going to be some level of drama, mm. some level of like, oh, they're involved with this now, whatever. No, nah, there's just not at all. They just have a couple instances where it just goes back to it's world building and it's it explaining is. the type of guy that Rocky is. But like, it, there's a lot of time spent on this. But also, but like the lone, also that got so, you know, not the, not the worst guy. Like, sure, he, no, wants to break, he wants to break a couple of thumbs. Just but a couple. at the end of the day, he, like, he wants to sit ringside and support his boy. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. But, like, this is a perfect example, right? He literally gives Rocky, he's like, I heard you're going out with Adrian. He goes, how'd you know her name? He's like, I know everything. Like, that's what I, that's what I do here. Gives him 50 bucks. No strings. Take her out. Have a good time. But see, it, that red is a threat to me. And I'm no. now seeing the movie. No. Like, it's not. It's not. Yeah. But he's it's just, just like. He just likes Rocky. And, he's, and, and that's the thing, too, is like. In another movie, like you know, this could have been like, um, this could have been the the loan shark being like, "Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna pay you to take a dive," but that would that would constitute or necessitate everyone actually believing Rocky had a shot in hell of winning this fight. Right. Everyone knew he was gonna lose in three rounds, so he's just like, "Good for you, Rocky. Go out there and try and try something." Like he's just kind of proud of Rocky for doing stuff. It's kind of interesting. It's like a Big Brother character, even though this guy's you know a mobster. Um, of course, Apollo's. Uh, I love they cut back and Apollo and his team are looking through physical books because apparently <laughs> they they print books of all the local fighters that are happening. This is pre-internet. Maybe it's a they really do, maybe thick they like book. Like this thing looks it's like an encyclopedia, like, dude. Yeah, the Britannica. Like <laughs> Good for you, Rocky. You're in this. Like you're published. <laughs> uh, of course, he finds what he's looking for. Rocky Balboa, the Italian stallion. The Italian stallion. He goes, yeah, media right. Italian. Italian. That's what he said. I love God how he said Carl Weathers. That's how he says it. Nick, I got a uh, quick question for you, brother. Um, sure. what did, I mean, with your background, what was this character for you? You know, the Italian stallion. I mean, that's just what everyone, I always wanted everyone to call me. That's what we call Nick, yeah. Yeah, that was just the coolest. That was just the coolest freaking name ever. The Italian yeah. stallion. It doesn't get any better than that. Are you kidding me? Spider yeah, Rico is yeah. pretty fucking cool. Spider Rico is pretty badass, too. <laughs> But the but the Italian stallion is just one of those perfect names. It's a perfect nickname, perfect fighter's name. What about like what about like Ketchup Joe? (laughs) That also great, pretty cool name. Also great, yeah, (laughs) real good. Of course, he knows the media will eat this up. Um, And then Rocky, of course, and Polly head home to Thanksgiving, and Rocky's like, "You sure you told Adrian?" Polly's like, "Yeah, I told." And of course, he did not tell her because he's an asshole. Uh, They get into a huge argument, and uh, Adrian, uh, Polly's just basically like, "You got to leave the house. You got you're going to go out with him." Takes the turkey, throws it out. Just the turkey she spent all day cooking. It it looked good though. It It did look really good. good. Um, I do appreciate that he kept some of it to eat. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah, you're right, Andy. My note here is Adrian's brother Polly's a. He fucking sucks. Dude, <laughs> like, like, I like the way, like how long turkey takes to like baste and cook and like. Are you kidding me, bro? Like that thing's been there probably for at least twenty hours. If it's well, I know Mexican household, it's always like a thirty-hour, forty-hour oh, yeah. thing. Hundred <laughs> percent. There's an orange in there or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, I do, I do like this scene though, where he's like, "Go talk to her," and Rocky's like, "What, what?" Like I'm totally out of my depth here, and he go, he talks to her through the door. This is and fucking brilliant. I, yeah. I, I, and and the reason I think it's brilliant is it's all Sylvester Stallone's uh, 
facial kind of like uh, mm -hmm. reactions. Like I love him leaning in, trying to say something, looking at Polly and being like, it's, I don't know. Like he's so good in this moment. I, I, I love it. It's done like so little with dialogue and mostly with just looking at Polly and kind of emoting and like, I'm trying, nothing's working big dog. Like I just love this. It's so I, good. Yeah. And that goes back to what I was saying about like this. It feels real, which I think oftentimes I don't love. I'm like, I'm watching a movie. I'm not watching real mm -hmm. life, but I think that they, they were trying to make it feel real. And I think that Sylvester Stallone really sold that because it was this very uncomfortable situation. And he had just asked approximately 27 times. Like, did you tell your sister? You sure you told your sister? Right. Did you tell your sister? But wait, did you tell your sister though? And for it to get to this scene, I was like, all right, like you, you won me over on this one. It uh was worth it five minutes in um i also love and i want to point out that he's failing miserably at convincing her to go out with him and then the door opens and she's ready to go out because hey, maybe we should have yeah. saw that part like the flip the camera show her no. getting ready her no. getting excited no no because what how this reads to me and and of course everything's open to interpretation is that she was she went back there to get ready to go out mm, and rocky mm. was basically like i have to try to try and talk her into going out but in reality she was like i'm going out with this guy i, I want to go out with him i'm, I'm leaving or at least leave the house because polly's being an asshole right and so i love that he's like i'm totally failing at this and the door just opens and she's in her hat and she's got her coat on she's like let's go my problem with it though and and this is something that i think stands till the end of all of this is that i i do not get the vibe that she wanted to go out with rocky i get the vibe that she wanted to leave the house and yeah. that that was her excuse to leave the house and there's something about that that just doesn't sit right with me with the way that this relationship goes this whole mm -hmm. day the start of this relationship is not great it's 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 when we'll get into that a little bit later uh i think there's some very endearing moments to this date but it's very clear that adrian was not comfortable going out with him and she did not want to necessarily be put in this position um i do think the relationship progresses in a positive way beyond that but i think that there's 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 moments in this of genuine like love and affection that happen but overall this does not start from the right place uh, i well i think it just it starts off bad because i think polly kind of escalates it to a place yes. where we maybe think that it's worse than it is but all i needed was that one line of dialogue of her saying i'm not ready to go right now like look at me i'm i'm a mess right. and that's kind of all i needed to know that she wants to do this she's just not dressed up and like she hasn't you know washed her face or whatever mm -hmm. the hell like she's just been cooking all day so right. that's kind of the only line of dialogue i needed to know that no, she's down to do this. It's just you're putting her in a really shitty spot, right, Polly. Right. You know, so I never once felt like she was going against her will or anything like that. You know, yeah. Uh, I mean, my thing is like I just feel like with all the previous scenes we saw of her and him in the the pet shop, like it always felt like she was uncomfortable and didn't right. really want him talking to her. So it's like mm -hmm. I I feel you, Andy, with with her. Like that line does give some evidence that like she actually was kind of open to it. But every interaction we saw her have with. Sylvester Stallone felt like she wanted him to just stop coming back. To yeah, the like shop. he was. It was her. mostly the second interaction of him doing the new joke and doing that new bit when he stops by the shop. And I felt that way the whole time until he's like, all right, I want to get going. She's like, OK, bye, Rocky. Yeah, so like, yeah, I, I got that line of her just saying that. I'm like, she's super shy. She's awkward. She doesn't have great social skills, but she doesn't hate the dude. Like, that's kind of all I needed right. to be like, all right, I'm, I'm cool with this. This is. Yeah. He's no longer because obviously there's that funny moment where he's like, "Well, there's a lot of creeps out there, so be careful." And it's like, <laughs> "Rocky, you're being a creep right now." Bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then, like, but <laughs> but her kind of like endearing way of being like, "All right, bye, Rocky." Like that, I was yeah. like, "Okay, she's not like turned off or offended or weirded out right. by this guy. He, she's just super shy." 
And it's it suits to Tyler Shire. I mean, she's doing such a great job. I mean, acting wise. Maybe if like if it was a modern movie, they'd be in line with the shopkeeper saying like, "Oh, I don't mind him. He's just, you know, he doesn't. You know what I mean?" Yeah, I love it's it's, a, oh, it's it's played a lot more subtle for sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, of course. Uh, uh, as they walk out, Adrian's still not very happy with how it all went down. She goes, you know. She's like, it's Thanksgiving. And Rocky's like, yeah, well, to me, he's like, I don't like turkey anyway. She's like, yeah, but it's Thanksgiving. And he goes, yeah, well, to me, it's just Thursday. Because to him, it's just like, he's trying to either make the best of the situation or he's so broke, he doesn't really celebrate Thanksgiving anyway because he can't afford a turkey. Um, Anyway, Rocky decides to take her ice skating because he had asked prior, he's like, what does she like to do? He goes, she likes to go ice skating, even though this, again, all, all evidence to the contrary. She can't skate and neither can he, but... I love that he goes there and the guy's like, we're closed, dude. It's Thanksgiving. It's like, and Rocky's like, right, of course. But then he just like, he charms the guy and gives him 10 bucks. Give him the blades. Him, <laughs> right. Into letting them into the skate. And this scene, everything before this and, and some of the stuff that comes after, I don't love. I think they could have set it up better. But I like that she's like, all right, I'll skate. And then Rocky just jogs next to her because he's not comfortable skating. Dude. And he just talks a lot. And then this asshole rink guy's like, two minutes. One minute. Uh, and, and again, another couple of great moments of Sylvester Stallone just emoting with his face. I'm trying to talk to this girl. I'm trying to make her laugh. Right. I'm trying to be endearing with her. And you're two minutes. And he kind of like, <laughs> he kind of looks over <laughs> yeah. at the guy like, He's like Come on, let me do my thing. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I, I think he does such a brilliant job here. This um, scene, I, this scene's very endearing and, and yeah. definitely kind of, I think, is is where the heart of this movie lies. Uh, game, uh, a fun a fun bit from this is the ice rink scene was originally written to feature 300 extras, but the production couldn't afford so many people. When Sylvester Stallone turned up to shoot the scene, to his horror, there was only one extra. So Stallone hastily threw together the scene as it exists in the completed film. <laughs> Smart. smart that perfect. is so funny but also it's a much better scene it, honestly yeah it works and like i love the the awkwardness of all he knows that she likes to do is go ice skating and then she clearly does not know how to ice skate no. and her weird little steps that she's taking with the <laughs> ice skates as he's walking next to her like everything about this is as awkward as their relationship needs to be for me to at all believe in it and i think that this did a lot of heavy lifting for me I think they do. They have one great line here, too, where I think is where they actually start to like where, she, where they actually start to bond where he talks about why he got into boxing. And he says, because his dad, you know, wasn't much of a dad, but he, he told him basically, you don't have much of a mind, so you better learn how to use your body. And she goes, oh, it's funny. My mom said the opposite to me. It's like, you don't have much of a body, so you better you better figure out how to work and use your brain. And it's like, obviously, very sad sentiments. You don't want your parents to think about that. But that is the kind of thing that, you know, you would you would bond with someone else over. Right. That's a shared traumatic experience, unfortunately. And I just love, I do love that too, where she stumbles a little bit and he kind of, he tries to help her, but he's kind of unbalanced too, because he's yeah. running on ice and Converse. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. Yeah, um, that's another thing, t- him talking about all his leg issues. Like, bro, you're running, running in Converse. Running in Converse. The flattest to the flat. Dude. Yeah, yeah, you will never feel more pain than being at a Warped Tour convention in 2005 <laughs> in Converse. Like, that is the worst pain I would never wish on my greatest enemy. <laughs> Um, of course, uh, Rocky walks her home uh, and invites her back up to his uh, apartment. And at first she says, I don't want to go up there. Uh, but he, I, I, I suppose, convinces her to go up. There is a, there is what I would call, it, this is a rough scene for me, honestly. I don't love how they did any of this. There is one moment that I find that's, that's kind of charming is where he kind of puts, punch, like, touches the door and the door opens again. And she's like, all right, I'll go up. Um, he introduces her to Cuff and Link, but overall, this is this is one of those scenes that I wish they could have done better because it, she's incredibly uncomfortable. It's an uncomfortable scene to watch. Um, I think 
their intention was for her to fall for him here. But this just this kind of it, it's very reminiscent of the scene in Blade Runner where Deckard kind of like passionately kisses. Uh, um, I was going to say Dan Bellina. That's not the name of the actress's character, but the, 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 his female counterpart in that film. And it comes off weird. And I think they they wanted it to come off as charming or dashing or whatever. And it just it, this doesn't work, really. Uh, and I just say as, as a PSA Daniel, for everyone out there, Rachel, uh, what's Blade that? Runner. That was the, that was the Sean Young. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's her name. Young. Thank you. Um, uh, you know, you know, she's like, I want to leave. I'm not comfortable here. And obviously she's not comfortable for a normal, a, a lot of reasons. But back in the day, back then, it would have been very bad for her reputation and very bad for her in general to be in the guys. She's like, I've never been in a guy's apartment by myself before. And, you know, putting it in, in the context of the time, like that was my parents' generation. This is the same generation where, like, if you were a woman living under your father's roof, uh, the expectation was that you weren't leaving that house until you were married. And that is how that is how that used to go. And so that scene, looking at that, he's putting her in an, an incredibly complicated and bad situation by even bringing her up there, um, despite the fact that he has the inclination that she likes him. So when she says, no, she wants to leave, just as a general rule, guys, she should leave. You should yeah. not be bringing her up to the apartment to begin with. Um, I want to kiss you. You don't got to kiss back if you don't want to. Yeah. Oh, no, God. No, 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 no. Rocky, Rocky. I, uh, some some facts here for you. Uh, the scene that involved Rocky and Adrian kissing in Rocky's kitchen was originally not scripted the way it was shot. She had contracted the flu and was worried about getting Sylvester Stallone sick, so she was very hesitant to kiss him. Her hesitation and behavior was actually such an improvement over the scripted scene that they decided to keep it. Indeed, the scene has become Stallone's favorite scene in the entire Rocky saga, and both he and her see the scene as a birth scene for Adrian, where she's awakened to a new life. I don't know about that. It, sure. it's, it's, okay. It, it, That's it, not okay. This scene didn't <laughs> age well, unfortunately. Yeah, it's just this just, one scene in the movie that I'm, I've every time I watch it, I'm like, I kind of cringe. It, it's, it's uncomfortable for sure. It is. Yeah. I think just, sure, Stallone doesn't just know how to write women well sometimes. And, and, and I think like if you watch like his later works where he's written Rambo, like women in those movies, they're not really well thought out. And like I've mentioned, like the only thing that makes it, uh, works so well it's because tyle shire does such a good job performing if it wasn't for her i don't think adrian as a character will be as memorable um uh, because it's just not written that well and I, I think as nick pointed out it's just uh, i i think on set and him trying to figure it out i, I just think it doesn't it didn't work and it didn't work but yeah. luckily luckily the, the other movies we get we it gets better so well and i think the relationship from here on out i think actually starts to develop and is and for right. me becomes endearing because i think the scenes are a lot better written and i think yes i think her character is a very complex character it's very difficult for the actress and for the writer to to write that level of strength for someone who's so shy mm. and i think i think they she does a great job from here on out and again i'll point out the scene where she stands up to her bully which is polly polly is just a shithead asshole brother oh, yeah. she's stuck with him because she they, neither of them have any means and he's basically called i mean we'll get to that in a little bit but he's like i always take care of you she's like fuck you basically i take care of you who, who, who does everything around here like i'm the one taking care of your ass and and it's just an incredibly true wonderful moment for her um i would actually peg that as her awakening but hey I didn't write the movie or won an Academy <laughs> Award. Uh, but anyway, we're going to keep going along uh, the Rocky train here. Um, the next day, Mickey gives Rocky a message from Apollo's team that they end, uh, uh, that and, and they just assume that he's looking for sparring partners. So he's very, very excited about that. Uh, but they end up getting into it and yelling at each other. And he's like, I've been coming here for years, for six years, and you've been sticking it to me. I want to know how come. And Mickey just lays it out for him because you had talent to become a good fighter. And instead, you became a leg breaker for some cheap second rate loan shark. And Rocky says, it's a living. And Mickey says, it's a waste of life. 
And it's just like, that's the guy you want training you, Tim. Hell that's yeah. how you need to talk to me from now on. You say, I love it. Let's go. Stop doing your Instagram stories. <laughs> or start doing your Instagram stories again, depending on where we're at. Anyway, Rocky heads over to the promoter, whose name is Jürgen, or Jürgen, as they say in Europe. Uh, about, and he's like, I'd love to accept uh, being a sparring partner. I won't take no cheap shots. And anyway, he's like, I think you're misunderstanding what's going on. Would you be interested in fighting Apollo Creed for the World Heavyweight Championship? And he thinks about it for a second, and he goes, no. <laughs> this is not going to happen. And the guy's like, listen, this is a chance of a lifetime. You can't pass it by. And I love the look on his face because he knows. He's like, this, no, this is a terrible idea. Even as, for as, as you know, beyond it as, as Rocky is at the time, he still has the wherewithal to understand. Like, there's a vast difference between where he's at talent-wise and where Apollo Creed's at. And you can see it in his face. I love that. He just says no. And then there, There's something yes. where I, I get it that it, there's a subtlety to a lot of this and the pacing of it all. But, like, I... I guess I just prefer the more modern sensibilities of like things being a little bit more like talked about where it's like, I know we always say show don't tell. I feel like I need a little bit more tell to like set the stakes, set the where everything's at, where these characters are. Cause I feel like from this point on Rocky goes from just being this like pretty low level fight guy to training a little bit, but I I never feel like Rocky takes this that seriously, even in his training montages and all that Mm -hmm. stuff in this movie, it kind of feels like he's just like, it kind of feels like when I'm talking to you, Nick, when we go eat lunch and I'm like, oh, do you have a, a jujitsu thing coming up? And you're like, yeah, yeah, I'm pretty stressed about this one and whatever. It's like that same level of like you're, you're taking it seriously, but mm-hmm. it's not your whole life right now. No. You know, and but, I feel like for Rocky, it should have been his whole life. But it's important to keep, keep that thought, okay. keep that thought process. Because, again, important to note. Creed didn't train that well. He Creed didn't really train that well for this, the last five weeks of this of his training camp, and Rocky did. And so, just keep that in mind for the next one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And also, I can't fucking wait for you to see the next montage. Anyway, uh, let's see. They watch a news report with Apollo Creed and Rocky there, and Apollo is again you want to show showing his talent as as a show promoter, just running laps around Rocky in this. Rocky just a complete idiot until he goes. He's like, "You got anything to say?" And he's like, "You're gonna make one hundred fifty thousand dollars off of this." Rocky's like, "No, not really." Oh wait, I do have something to say. And he looks at the camera and goes, yo, Adrian, it's me, Rocky. <laughs> and it's favorite a part wonderful of the movie. moment. Real talk. I loved that. So real. It's, and his reaction, it, it's such a small little tiny like millisecond of a performance. But him kind of sitting next to Adrian, laughing at the screen and looking at her, it, it, it just feels real. It doesn't yeah. feel like this. Re- it feels like this relationship has existed for a long time. And they, they just do such a great job of selling me that yes they are together now and hey look look how goofy i am on tv like this is great isn't it like it's so endearing yeah and i and i love that you know and i just love that rocky has this like i don't even know that he has the expectation even at this point that he's gonna win the fight i think he's just like that's a perfect example he's just like i'm on tv i don't think it's ever gonna go past i don't think he ever thinks he's gonna be in a news interview ever again beyond this moment so of course he wastes it by just giving a shout out to his girl (laughs) I mean, it's it's great. It's it's like it's just so interesting. Anyway, uh, uh, later, uh, Polly wants. We get the quick line real quick of like, "What'd you think about when I shot you out?" Like, yeah, that felt like such an improv line. Like, they, hey, the, just talk to each other right now, you know. But then Adrian kind of again to to her character's point, she's like, "Aren't you like, aren't you kind of like sad that he's making fun of you on on TV?" And he's like, "No, nah, that's just how it goes." And of course, when he leaves the house, he's like, "You know what?" He gets real with her. He's like. That actually did hurt my feelings. Like, that is that was tough. Yeah, it bothered me. Yeah, yeah it bothered me. It bothered me. Uh, Polly, of course, in here is just really, really <laughs> wants to 
really wants to work for Mr. Gatso, even though Rocky is like, that's a terrible idea. Um, later, just at, ran, at a random diner, Gatso gives Rocky 500 bucks for training expenses. No strings attached. He just thinks this time Lady Luck might be in his corner. And again, Gatso, I, I mean, why can't all loan sharks be like you? <laughs> uh, later that night, Mickey shows up. Oh, this scene. Yes. So this scene to me is maybe the best scene, in my opinion, in the entire movie. So uh, and good. He, Andy and I were talking about this earlier before our stream earlier today. And normally the way this scene would play out is that Rocky would have to it would play out very much in the same way Daniel Russo approaches Mr. Miyagi and asks him multiple times. And then Mr. Miyagi finally sees the struggle that this young person's going through and, and agrees to train him for the fight. But that's not where Mickey is. Mickey comes hat in hand. Yes. And it's a very complex scene because Mickey is kind of. I don't want to say underhanded, but he's definitely like realizing this is probably his last opportunity at a shot of greatness. And he sees that through Rocky, but he also knows that Rocky does. In fact, will will be better off if he trains him and he manages him, but they get into it. And man, Sylvester Stallone here in this moment where he's just screaming at him as he's, as he's walking down the stairs and he turns and he looks back and he's just like, that was it. And you hear him still like arguing where he's like, you don't think I know I'm going to lose this fight. I know I'm going to lose this fight. You don't think I know this apartment's terrible. This apartment sucks. It stinks. It's horrible. Stinks. You know? And he just, oh, and he throws all that back into his face. And then he, he thinks for a moment. It's like, he's like, I'll be better off by myself. Yeah. And he knows he has that one moment where he's like, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to be, I need someone. I need mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. this is this. And then talk about like using your budget correctly. Right. This scene that should have been, had dialogue on it and been a close-up is just the widest shot you can possibly get of a street. Mickey's walking down and Rocky just runs out and puts his arm around. It's him. so good, man. It's so good. And like, the way that he turns around, they it. shake the hands. I'm like, oh, that was fucking awesome. Uh the monologue where Rocky delivers uh that Rocky delivers after turning down Mickey's offer to manage him was completely improvised by Sylvester Stallone. He since explained that it was heavily influenced by the fact that the bathroom of the tiny apartment in which they were shooting really did stink. Yeah. Uh, and I don't think any of us are surprised because he did no. say that no less than a hundred times. Yeah, he's like, this thing stinks, everything stinks. Also, I love that the bathroom is just right off the kitchen. Just the yeah. worst place for the bathroom. Well, the whole thing about this performance right here is you get a taste of what Sly Stallone does best. Like I mentioned, it's his quiet moments. It's, it's not a back and forth scene. It's literally uh, um, Burgess, just Mickey just going out. He's just like literally rambling, just reaching, grasping the straws, trying to convince Rocky, like, let me be a manager. You need a manager, Rocky Marciano. Like, he's just looking for anything to relate to, because he's treated Rocky like a bum this whole entire time. He he understands, like, he, he just, he just, it's not for him. But Stallone just lets him wallow in that forever. He just lets him keep digging himself deeper and deeper and deeper. And then he just explodes. It, it just reminds me of, of Rambo, when Rambo is giving that monologue about, you know, no one wants a part of me like i came back home and no one no one cares about me so i, I think this is where by far this is stallone's best performance in the entire saga is well one of them is right here in this moment and he doesn't do much and that's what i like about stallone as an actor he understands that you could convey so much more without saying anything uh without saying much and so that's why when he goes on this rant and stallone <laughs> rocky does love monologues you'll find that out mm. when he goes on this rant uh it, it works really well but i, I agree like more of this tableau shots Picture by picture uh, works well. It's by far one of my favorite acting scenes as well. Yeah, I wrote and, down and this. I, I understand why it's loved. And I, the only issues I had with it were um, if had they gone the more predictable, predictable route, I think I would have been a bit more happy with it. Where 
um, having that sequence of Mickey telling him you could be so much more Mm -hmm. kind of him coming to him and kind of, you know, looking really low. And I understand that's like really good for his character, but it's just kind of a, a swap hard to watch. Yeah. It's hard to watch, but also like it, it, to me, it kind of is in, in, uh, it, it's in competition with the exact moment that we just saw of him being like, mm-hmm. you could be so much more Rocky. Yeah. That's why I give you so much shit. And then seeing him completely do a 180 and, you know, hey, hey, please let me, I could be your manager. Like it just feels like they're in direct competition with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, but it all leads up to that long shot that I, I think is done really, really well, but mm-hmm. I would have loved, I was telling Nick Sancho that, had we just had that shot fade to black, I would have loved a, the next morning. Mickey's in the gym by himself. Another like long shot. Mickey's looking down and here comes Rocky and he walks in and you get the hug, you get the handshake. Like I would have loved for it to sit one extra like sleep on it. Rocky, yeah. think about it a bit more. Um, I think that would have been a bit more impactful for me. But I think the sequel still works out really well and again maybe they didn't have an time for another shot <laughs> maybe, I mean, probably maybe that not. was yeah. maybe probably that was not. the film that they had yeah, yeah. <laughs> but i i would have loved for them to have a, a another sort of like just sleep on it moment there mm-hmm. goes mickey walking off into the darkness it's fucking sad you hear the screams in the background kind of just like faded mm-hmm. out because he's screaming outside of his apartment shot fades to black next morning we get um kind of you know here i'm walking into the gym and Let's fucking do this, Mickey. You and know? normally, Andy, I mean, that's how I would have written it. If I if I were thinking about constructing a scene like this, that's exactly how I would have been like, yeah, it's going to be gut-wrenching, and then we're gonna, you're going to make the audience wait for it. But that's not Rocky. Rocky's such a nice guy. He just, he, like, there's a moment where he just, you can see in his eyes, he kind of feels bad because he respects Mick. And then from I a like writing he thinks Mickey left. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And he yeah, walks out, he's, he's, he's still there, and he goes back in, yeah. <laughs> <He's a hat. laughs> um, but, I, but I love, I just love that they had the sort of, the sort of foresight to have that role reversal and have the, and have the person that would traditionally be the sort of true north for the character yeah. be that vulnerable. Like, and, and, and you knew, he knew he had Burgess Meredith. He's like, this guy's going to kill this scene. But right. he's, I mean, he has that moment where he's grasping. He doesn't really have anything. He's like, I got all this, all this, like, um, uh, information. I got all knowledge. this experience and all this yeah. knowledge is what he keeps saying. But really, not a lot of that's going to help him because it's just one fight. But he does have the knowledge to, like, make him at least better in the in the next five weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Rocky has that moment where he realizes it. And in true Rocky form, he's like, oh, I did something wrong. I'm going to go apologize to the guy. Like, apologize to him then accepts him as his manager and makes it all right and then goes back to 4 a.m. in the morning. I was going to say, we haven't really talked about this much, but Bill Conti's score is not used in... much at Crap. all like it's not being used at all like at the very like first like two like two like a quarter and a half it's not used at all in the movie and then it hits i think it hits the most hardest start is when he says to adrian like it bothered me and then you hear yeah. like these that very som- right right you see the very sombering type the incredible whole version yeah. right right and it's like you see the Ooh, city of philadelphia cool. and then especially at this moment too and we're about to get into the the montage portion but this bill conti score is it's amazing i i don't know a man that could get so much more out of one single instrument as bill conti did 
for the Karate Kid with the pan flute, and now right. you have the 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 horns here. I want to say it's a flugelhorn. I could be wrong, and people in the chat, will probably, people who actually studied music, will be like, "Oh, that's a doing the most yeah, with less. horn." <laughs> I gotta but, say that. So the movie opens with the Rocky theme, like right. the with the big, and, with the big scroll bum, too. Bum, 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 and I hate it. You know, I hate, you hate this, it. That version of it, like the, I guess, what's the original Ooh, version? Dude. I was like, oh no! Like there's moments of it that are great, but then it goes off in this like weird ass like. I don't like the do 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 It's more, it's yeah, it's more of a fanfare, and then yeah. eventually we're gonna get Rocky's twist on that, which is when he when Bill Conti was like, "How about we bring some? How about we actually make 70s, this fucking yeah, this rock is nasty? Bring but some bongo drums in here." To Sancho's point, I love this right because this this is again this is so indicative of where Rocky one is. He starts his training montage off. Really drank those uh, eggs, by the oh, way. Oh, my goodness. God. And then goes for a jog as this incredibly somber track starts playing. And you feel bad for him. You're like, dude, you're just jogging to your death at this point. But he's that's Rocky. He's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put the work in and do whatever I can do right now. And this is not the scene where, where kids are chasing after him or uh, people are throwing oranges at him. He's just... He's it off by himself, and he, and, and yeah, of course he gets up to. Uh, you want to talk about great filmmaking and setup? He gets he barely gets up those steps, and his side splitting, and he's and he's got to walk back down. And we're going to contrast that where he is by the end of his training montage, but he's not. Under, yet. Bro. The run. two uh, scenes where Rocky runs up the museum stairs were filmed two and a half hours apart. The first before sun rose, and then later after it was smart. already up. Man, that's the beauty of movie making. I didn't know <laughs> that fit the entire time. Uh, let's see. Over the meatpacking plant, Polly once again pitches Rocky on working with Gatso, and Rocky's like, "Dude, you got to stop with this." Then he brings up Adrian, and Rocky tells me he really likes her. He's like, "He's like, why do you like her so much?" He goes, "I don't know. It fills gaps. I guess she's got gaps. I got gaps. Together, Great we, we fill gaps. Perfect way of putting it. Love it. They complement each other. It's mm-hmm. nice." Uh, Paul then freaks out on Rocky, and he wants. He's like, "I want out of this freezing, stinking meat shop." And Rocky takes his frustration out, and just like, "Look, dude." I can't punch you because that ain't me, but I will beat the shit out of this side of meat. And then he goes, hey, I kind of like the way this feels. His hands are just full of either his blood or cow blood or both. Spoilers. It's probably not good for you. Uh, Adrian later that night wants to fool around, uh, but Rocky tells her no fooling around during training. She's like, what the hell? Uh, but he's like, why don't you go make the meat? And again, this is another wonderful Rocky moment because to Andy's point, they could have they sat here. He could have had a conflict. But he, re- he immediately realizes he hurt her feelings and gets up and apologize, apologizes to her. And she's like, okay. Because he's in a little hug. Yeah, yeah a little hug. Uh, two girls come up to get <laughs> – later when he's training, uh, two young girls come up to, to get Rocky's autograph. And Nikki screams at them. <laughs> he says, women weaken legs. Um, and he's training him, obviously, to get more footwork because Rocky's footwork is just – Rocky is a bruiser. Rocky is just yep. blunt force. He has no – he doesn't have any of the panache or the, or the, the footwork that, that Creed does. So he's got to get him up to speed. Uh, he jogs home and finds Adrian waiting for him. Uh, he tells her she looks great. He's like, wow, you look great. Just wonderful moment where he's talking about how great she is. And, of course, she gives him as a present for training and someone to go running with as a buddy. Butt kiss. Yeah. So good. Uh, and then, man, let me tell you, off we go for another run. This time, music. A little more funky. Uh, when he gets to the meat warehouse, Polly uh, lined up a news crew to find uh, to to film him training. And this is where we get that great scene with Apollo's trainer, who I love. I and I I don't think I don't know the the name of the character, but he, this guy's great. Is it Duke? Yeah, it's Duke. that's right, Duke. Thank you. I couldn't remember him from the from the next film, but he's uh, great. Duke's like uh, Apollo. You got to check this dude out because he's just beating the hell out of sides of meat, and like he looks like he can punch. Uh, Paul, of course, is just too busy lining up roses and mayors and stuff like that. Uh, I love the scene. We also get that little moment with him and Polly, which I I kind of enjoy because he's initially really mad at Polly for calling the press over and 
But then he immediately kind of gets into that brotherly, like, well, I'm going to fucking kill you, man. God damn it. Like, he, you could tell, like, he's he's still, like, annoyed about it. But he's like, ah, but I've known this guy, like, my whole life. What can I do? This guy, he sucks, but he's a he's a pain in my ass. But mm-hmm. this is still kind of a funny thing, you know? That I love the, uh, the film people or the news crew, like, filming it. And then the, like the guy's <laughs> the like sticks in, hey, the meat guy sticking his face in. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Uh, I do, I do want to uh, kind of run back to uh, Sancho was talking about how this was based off a real fight with Muhammad Ali. And if memory serves correctly, that fight, he was incredibly out of shape before, right? Like, he, he didn't even train for that. Yeah, he the guy just it. smoked him. Uh, anyway, that's, I don't think Carl, I don't think anyone in their right mind could call Carl Weathers out of shape for this. And we'll get to that in a little bit. But it's important to note that I love that juxtaposition of Rocky's in a freaking freezing meat locker punching. He doesn't have a punching bag, he's punching meat. And Carl Weathers is his nice, cushy office. Just, uh, you know, kind of making some plans. Anyway, uh, Polly over here is Rocky talking about him, and they get into it. And he's like, I ain't no charity case. And Polly gets super violent and blames everyone else for his problems. And then Adrian finally stands up to him, and she screams back at him. He's like, you owe me. She goes, what do I owe you? I take care of you. I owe you nothing, and you made me feel like a loser. And I'm not a loser. And then Polly finally breaks down in tears, and he says, I can't haul me no more. And it's just very sad. And that's the thing, too, is, like, all these characters are just so broken. Yeah. All of them. They're in such Nick, bad places. Rocky, like- everyone bad you know and this one moment this one event kind of pulls them out of it to a degree uh let's see he goes back to check on adrian and she goes you want a roommate he goes absolutely (laughs) (laughs) he's just overjoyed to have her even though his bed very small not great for training very springy very springy springy. uh mickey Mickey trains rocky the next day and tells him he's going to become a very dangerous person quote you're gonna eat lightning and crap thunder uh, and Polly take uh, comes to talk. Uh, Polly comes to talk to him. He has another plan to make some money off him. This time, Rocky feels kind of bad, so he goes, "Look, if you can make some money off my name, go for it. Go for it. do whatever you gotta do." Um, the next morning, we get another training montage, and this one isn't similar, Tim. This mm-hmm. one isn't simple, Tim. This mm-hmm. one is just downright funky. This one, kids, is what we in the trade call the most iconic scene in this entire movie. Maybe one of the most iconic scenes in movie history. Oh, easily. Uh, I, I, this has to be top 10, probably. Easily top 25, but I think that it might be top 10. Like, everybody knows this. Like, everyone, it's not just a single still frame. It's the entire sequence. It's the song. It's the rise of the song. It's mm-hmm. the him jumping, the way the camera moves. Like, everything about this is iconic. Whether or not you've seen this movie, you know every single part of it. And, and whether or not you thought that this was going to be Eye of the Tiger or not. Yo, where the hell's Eye of the Tiger, man? Yeah, you're going to have to. Oh, Dude, let me tell you what, you're going to have to wait for Eye of the Tiger, but it is well. Yeah. Oh, I, I can, I can speak for Well worth the wait. This is where I wanted to put in the podcast within the podcast. I'm going to say we got to rank the Monty. First okay. Up. Okay. Right. This is going to be uh, the. We doing the full entry. Monty. Let's do the, the full, full Monty. Monty. The full baby. Monty. <laughs> the full Monty here. Of course, I agree. This is definitely the iconic montage. I think what works with it as well is like Stallone's athleticism is like on point. The 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 ab workout, the one handed push ups, like all that <laughs> oh. works. Like so good. And then the the run up to the steps is is iconic. So. We're gonna put this number one, so I, I think right now, but we will see, Andy and Tim, where you will rank the other training montages and the other Rocky movies. So I mean speaking of uh speaking of workouts. Were they born, oh. born in labs? Now it's time to rank those labs. Good morning, San Francisco. It's your boy Nick Scarpino alongside Sancho West, Tim Gettys, and the natural wife himself, Andy Cortez. Welcome back to Rank Those Abs Podcast and Podcast. We're going to talk about 
this is rare. This is a rarity for me because normally the person with the best abs is the protagonist. And this is no disrespect to Sylvester Stallone's physique in this. He's a very, very fit, very and 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 to the earlier points, doing the one-handed push-ups, doing all that stuff. He's doing all mm-hmm. this stuff. He's really crushing all those workouts. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, but I gotta give it to Carl Weathers in this movie. This man yeah. is jacked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's so Carl Weathers is a big. specimen in this movie. Just Per, one of the most perfect physiques anyone's ever had on on, on screen. And yep. he kept that for a long time, man. He's jacked in every movie he's in. So kudos to you, Carl Weathers. I tip my hat to you. You look incredible and you're an inspiration. And that is Absolutely. it for Rank Those Abs. And, and you know, as part of the uh, Rank the, Those Abs, don't do raw eggs. It's not good. Don't Bad drink for you. it. It's not good at all. I did it when I was a kid, like I mentioned. Not good at all. You don't get, you, you won't end up like Stallone. Salmonella, man. Yeah. I don't like that. Uh, with the the montage, real quick, I just want to say I I have heard the the Rocky theme ten million times. You're gonna hear but like I oh I can't wait. <laughs> I I never heard. I've never seen this scene in context. And the way that the lyrics progress is just so incredibly stupid in my favorite way. Where it goes, trying hard now. Mm-hmm. It's so hard now. So and they just too. do that for a bit. Then feeling strong now. Yeah, so getting strong, strong now. Better. Gonna fly now. Flying high now. It's like, oh yeah. Like, I don't know. I don't know if this montage is gonna be able to be beat because it just builds so oh. fucking wildly. I, I mean, let's go I around the table. And, I was gonna say, bets. I think it's important that the songwriters are updating you in real time. Yeah, dude. <laughs> you guys What's happening now? It's getting hard now. Okay, it's good getting hard. Now. Yeah. <laughs> You guys have to understand, this was before the internet. People didn't understand what was going on unless a song told them, right? That's why we mm-hmm. have all these incredible mm-hmm. songs mm-hmm. from the 70s and 80s sitcoms where it's like, hey, there are two people living in a house with some <laughs> kids. You're like, thank God. Thank God someone told me that. Uh, of course, this montage ends with the, the iconic shot of Rocky. Not just, I mean, first off, two things worth noting. One, how many fucking one-handed push-ups do you think you could do right now, Tim? Because I'm oh. pretty sure I can't do any. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think one-handed. Two. At some point, Tom Cruise was a young boy, and he saw Sylvester Stallone jogging, and then he saw the truck speed up, and you could hear the director being like, keep up with us, and he just starts fucking hauling ass down that, and I love that shot. It just is a long-ass shot of him, and Tom Cruise is like, lock it in here. I'm going to do that in Mission Impossible films. Yeah. And number three, I only said two, but number three, of course, the iconic shot of him running up the, sta- the stairs and pumping his hands and just having that oh. great that great shot of him from behind, looking over the city that he's just like, I'm ready. I'm ready to fight. It's time to fly. It's time yeah. to fly. Come on. Uh, and then we get another great scene. The night before the fight, he can't sleep. So he heads to the arena and he sees himself on a banner 20 feet tall. And he goes, and Jurgens is there. And he's like, hey, that banner is wrong. I'm going to wear white trunks with a red stripe, not red trunks with a white stripe. And the promoter's like, it doesn't really matter, <laughs> does it? And I love that he says that because what he really means is, Bro, you're gonna lose. Like, yeah. it, who gives a They're shit? They're not making action figures of you, yeah. dude. No one's gonna remember you after this. It doesn't matter that we got that wrong. And Rocky's like, I get it. Um, In I, the film, the poster above the ring before Rocky fights Apollo shows Rocky wearing red shorts with white stripes when he actually wears the opposite. This was an actual mistake made by the props department that they could not afford to rectify. So Sylvester Stallone came up with the idea for the scene where Rocky points out the mistake and they comment about it perfect accident Mark. that's a beautiful accident because that just adds to absolutely more of like the who gives a shit dude cares, it doesn't bro. matter what you're you wearing up there like who cares you know um i love i love the love theme here i don't know yes. what it's called but the softer so theme good. that's just that same it's the same theme that when he first started running it's just so good and of course he comes home and, and adrian wakes up 
And he goes, I can't do it. I can't beat him. Who am I kidding? I ain't even in this guy's league. And then he goes, and you think he's going to quit? She's like, what are you going to do? And he goes, well, I was thinking, it really doesn't matter if I lose the fight. It really doesn't matter if this guy opens my head. All I want to do is go the distance. Nobody's ever gone the distance with Creed. And I go that distance, and that bell rings, and I'm still standing. I'm going to know for the first time in my life, see, that I weren't another, just another bum from the neighborhood. Yeah. Dude. Oh. Thesis of the movie. So good. And, and And this is what, like, you know, I have these conversations a lot with my wife. When I do, like, any, anything out there that's a little bit out of my, my norm, I, you know, I, I'm not confident. I'm, like, down. And, and she picks me up. And so I think that's what's really cool is that they're able to capture this relationship that at the heart of the core of Rocky is Adrian. Like, Rocky goes as far as Adrian goes. Mm. And, like, that's what fueled his Rocky's run all Rocky. the way. That's the dude. It's it's the that's the the Rocky core inside. Um, but the, that's what I love about this scene the most is like I feel that uh, you know in any kind of special relationship, the significant partner that it's not the foreground that's in the background that's like the one literally watching kids while you're on a podcast like that kind of stuff that strength is, is really cool to see on film and uh, to be captured so beautifully and like and they're just lying in bed and just. The night before, you do you know you've been to the part of things like you can't sleep at all. You're just oh, like, no. oh, you, yeah. have, you have I the worst sleep in your life right before an important thing like this, yeah, and it's it's really really cool that the they captured it so well. I and then of course it's fight night, and we go to the locker rooms, and both fighters are getting ready. And Tim, oh, I just want you to know right now, when we move into the new studio before every stream, I need you to do whatever this guy's doing to Creed where he's got his arms around him and he's like supporting his weight as he breathes. I need you to do that to me. I'll do it. I'll do that. Badass. It's so, it's like a centering meditative thing. And he's just like, he's like pulling him up and like cracking his back. (laughs) Meanwhile, Rocky is just like silent and just fucking crushing his hands or taping it. And then, uh, you know, of course, Adrian comes in and wishes him good luck. And Sylvester Stallone, you can't not love the guy. He's like, hey, don't leave town. <laughs> this is so cute, right? Yeah, that's like the last thing he says to it. <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, okay, thanks. Hey, don't leave town. Huh? <laughs> and I, then, I, gotta uh, say, I was going to say, Andy, but I think this doesn't beat Nacho Libre. You know, when Nacho Libre, where he's like, Ramsey's muscles are number one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you got to wear stretchy pants. Yeah, uh, yeah. Rocky walks out into a moderate, you know, people don't really care. He's got a crude advertisement Generic. on his robe for Shamrock Meats, which is where Pauly works. That was the that was the deal that Pauly got for advertising. And Mick asked him what was the deal with the robe. And he goes, Well, Polly's gonna get three thousand dollars and I get to keep the robe. And Mickey go replies sarcastically, shrewd. <laughs> just a great moment where he's just like, You're a fucking idiot. Uh, Las Vegas odds as they walk out have Rocky losing in three, of course, which is what uh, Creed predicted. Rocky makes his entrance and it's less than magnificent, especially when compared to Apollo Creed, who rolls out on a float as just as George Washington crossing the Delaware. Incredible. Uh, we get it. an actual fun, a real cameo from Joe Frazier, who was an That's actual heavyweight champion of the world, uh, which is great. And, and he cool. like, he and Creed are kind of like all the mixing. budget went. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, which is, of course, uh, Joe Frazier, if you don't know, had iconic fights with Muhammad, Muhammad Ali, and he himself was heavyweight champ for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and Smoking just, Joe. Yeah. And he, I love that moment where this is such a great moment. And I, I don't think I've ever seen this before because I'm always so caught up and like feeling nervous for Rocky. But Creed and him are like mixing it up. And he's like, you better save some for me. He's like, and he's like, you're next, Joe, right? Just having fun doing that thing. And it cuts over to Rocky and Rocky kind of geeks out. He goes, hey, they must be, he goes, he whispers to Mick, hey, they must be friends. Like, yeah. what a dork, like fanboy thing to say about this guy that you clearly idolize still. 
Just a great moment. Uh, the bell rings, and we enter round one. And, and Creed, despite having not really trained for this, pretty much just outclasses Rocky uh, from the get-go. He gets cocky for one second and pays the price. Unfortunately, Rocky knocks him down. And that is the first time that Creed's ever been knocked down. And it happens in the first fight. Uh, Mickey screams for Rocky to fucking go to work on those ribs. And Burgess Meredith in your corner just screaming, hit him, go to work on his ribs. is just the most hype thing ever. Uh, they mix it up and Rocky gets knocked down right as the bell rings. Uh, and his nose, they made a big deal of where his nose never been broken. Of course, his mm -hmm. nose gets broken. So both the things that have never happened to either of the fighters happen here, proving to Pretty us. Pretty cool. This is a this is a different kind of fight. Uh, yeah, Mickey tells him. I, I also love during this uh, during the actual fight and getting the <laughs> you hear the the commentators being like, "Man, he's so exhausted, he can't even keep his arms up." I'm like Rocky has not lifted his arms this whole fight, no, dude. Rocky no, like, dude, in the face. he keeps getting punched in the face because he's like this. <laughs> like, fuck yeah. it, hands up, Rocky. It, it, he's a bull, dude. It kind of reminds me if if the people that are listening are boxing fans as much as I am, Arturo Gatti versus Mickey Ward. Those, watch those on YouTube. Those are battles. Those guys go toe-to-toe, -to -toe, no defense, all offense. And this is the thing, the, the juxtaposition between Creed, who is a refined fighter, fighting on his toes, jabbing. Like, he's really good at movement. And Stallone is just a bull in the China shop. This guy is just going into it. And that's what makes it so interesting is because, like, you'll see in the, the rest of the ser series, it's like Stallone is just one tough dude. He's not going to, mm -hmm. he's not going to go down. If he does, he's going to get back up. Uh, of course, Mickey tells him to go for the ribs. He says, don't let him breathe. And Creed's trainer gives him, he's like, he's like, let me give you a little reality check here, Apollo. He's like, this guy doesn't know it's a show. He thinks it's a damn fight. So finish him and let's go home. Round two, dang, Rocky takes, uh, takes just a beating. And then he gets pissed. He wants more. The bell rings and we just see the music kicks in and baby, it's time for a montage. And these guys, Conquest. it's just a yeah. bloodbath. Back and forth, murdering each other in the ring for 15 straight rounds. Uh, Rocky pretty much gets pounded and finally gets back, uh, gets knocked down. Mickey yells for him at this point. He says, "Stay down." Yeah, he's like, "This is it. You, everyone. This is an incredible fight. You've done what you need to do. Stay down." And of course, Rocky's on the ground, and this is where Adrian finally comes out of the locker room. And I love this shot. It's probably one of the only close-up shots of like in 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 this whole sequence. Just a shot of her, and she sees Rocky. She comes out, and her worst fears have been like confirmed Rocky's on on the mat like half dead and she closes her eyes and then she and opens you just them back up. This, like this the song has just been rising and yeah. this like female choir kicks in and it's just like oh and I'm it's, like holy shit y'all but her, the look on her in her on her face in that moment is so powerful because mm -hmm. she just stares into him like she just opens her eyes and it's just beaming with confidence like get up it just says get up and Rocky gets up so good and, and yes it, yeah and creed's face is like oh, he's like what like, the fuck <laughs> yeah i love that love creed's face like god damn i'm tired man uh of course then he gets and back he's up and busted then, too yeah. oh no he, this I, is where he breaks his rib this is where he's I, like yeah i just cracks his rib i just love that you know for how they set this movie up i think they did a great job of creed being more the the producer at, well, still being very talented but like being the producer focused more than like actually caring about the fight whereas rocky mm -hmm. was caring way more about the fight but we expect the there to be some back and forths and whatever but i like that they let the fight play out mm. and by the time you see it towards the end like they are both just absolutely destroyed but i like how destroyed creed was like i, I like the, the way that it all kind of came to a conclusion in terms of the victor and all that stuff but i thought that uh it, they did a good job of not just having him go the distance but like creed got fucked up well and you have this moment 
where his trainer's like, yo, and Creed's like, no, I'm go like this is different. I'm go I'm finishing this fight. And his sentiment is echoed when well, first off, Creed's rib is broken, which a doctor would have stopped that fight probably, but he's like he's like hiding it well. And second off, and this was the scene that traumatized me when I was a kid, Rocky's eye is swollen shut. Oh and no. Sancho, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure they stopped the fight if your eye's this bad. But yeah. he goes, Cut me, Mick. Yeah, and he, they dude. cut his eye open, eyelid open, so he could I couldn't watch. Yeah, it was horrible. And, and what's wild is that was all shot backwards. That was the makeup was put on, and they shot that entire fight backwards. So they started off with this part, and they went all the way back, and they took off makeup, and they took it all off too. So it was makes sense when they, right when it had been to the beginning of the fight. That's like they shot that last. So that's mm. why it got hard best to editing. apply. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. And they got best editing for this process of editing this fight to the point where. It went reversed essentially. So they wow. had to like yeah, take course. the sweat off their bodies and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I also wanted to point out um, in, in that. Um, oh gosh, I lost my train of thought. Oh no, no. What I wanted to say was uh, Sancho will understand this is like for Creed, this is like one of the, this was close to being a gotcha game. Right, Bro, you, you, know? you can't, like, you got, you can't the, lose this fight. The Cowboys are going into Week Six and they're playing fucking the worst team in the AFC Panthers conference, it. and it's like, hey, who gives a shit about that? And suddenly you look and it's the fourth quarter, and it's like, oh, you're down by three. What the fuck happened? Like, this is a gotcha game for Creed, and he overlooked this shit. He was ready for the, the next baby. fight. You can't and, do and that. And I and I love Carl Weathers. I love that performance in this, where his trainer's like, there's a moment where Duke's like, uh, I, you, your ribs broken. We should stop this fight because if he hits you the wrong way, that could like, I mean, if a rib's broken, you can punch along you can do serious damage you got to stop the fight and creed's just like you're not stopping this fight and it cuts over to rocky and he turns to mickey and he says if you stop this fight i'll kill you because it's the last round yeah and mick's like i get it go and they're just i mean it's i love how it ends too because it's not it's not like oh who comes down to the final point it's just Creed's just trying to knock him down, and rocky's just trying to hit him in the rib and trying to get him to go down and it's just, it just the bell rings and it ends and rocky and it's just like they're just destroyed and creed yells and greg Q grabs him and yells in his ear he goes there ain't gonna be no rematch and rocky's like i don't oh, want one dude he this was is it. he was so close to getting creed though he was like ran out of time you guys yeah. creed was on the ropes he was about to get knocked out yeah, but it was bad shots to the choreography you talked about it i mean stallone had to write it like sh like blow for blow because it was not working when they were on set so he had to literally go right this is left hook, right hook, and they choreographed it all. Yeah, yeah. apparently, like, I forget in the how... credits, like it's boxing choreographer. The only listed one is Sylvester Stallone. Well, I think if and you, we can look this up, someone can correct me. It's not you correct me if I'm wrong, but I think they had an original choreographer, choreographer, and it wasn't working because the guy choreographed it like a real boxing fight, and Stallone was like, "That's not fun to watch." Like these guys got to be I, throwing haymakers. If this was a real fight, one of them would have died probably yeah. by round. Oh, if this is two. a real, if this was a real fight, like knockout number two is the one that ends the fight. That's like it. that's a yeah. That that'd be a TKO in like round four or five or six. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bull. Of course, we get another iconic moment. Some might say an even more iconic moment, which is I think one of those lines that's just written in like. Uh, it's written in history. It's just forever just burned into my brain. Of course, the an interviewer pulls him over. He's just gone the distance with the champ. No one's ever done that. And he starts asking him questions. And Rocky couldn't give 10 shits less because the only person he wants to talk to is Adrian. And he screams for her. He's like, Adrian! She goes, Rocky, I love you. He goes, I love you! <laughs> I love you! <laughs> and the score kicks in, and it's a split decision, and Apollo Creed wins, and it doesn't matter. Rocky lost, but it doesn't really matter. I mean, it's, it's such background Because he went noise. the distance. 
Like, it, yeah. I love that. It. It's just like, no, no, no. It, it's him and Adrian. This is a love story. It is what it is. And again, I don't think it was the best told love story, but I do love that they committed to that. And they don't even directly tell us the winner. It's in the background. It's the there background. if you're listening for it. But they don't do the whole raise the hand or like, no. no. They just no, like. We, yeah, all we see is Apollo Creed like raise his hands and you're like, okay, he won. What's yeah. happening back over here? Exactly. Um, And the movie ended in the most predictable way possible. Like any late 70s, early 80s movie would end. It's just like, it's we're not going to get any. We're no. not going to see no, what no, this. The no. movie ends right now. No <laughs> frame of, of Sylvester's <laughs> look. <laughs> max max percentage watch time acquired bro 100 yeah. dude you gotta get that up there dude get that mean, algorithm mean, we're not gonna mean. see them like walk into the gym the next day and be like nah, what a fight dude. huh rock like hey, well what no. about the next one post credit scene like yeah nah, that shit. <laughs> here, dude we're done dude we're out <laughs> like we have nine movies left you know what i mean but uh, yeah uh, uh man there you go rocky rocky one andy we don't have any haikus today. Everyone, you can go to patreon.com slash kind of funny to write your review in haiku form for the next movies. Next week, we got Rocky 2. So please feel free to do that. So let's head up with some ragu bagu. Ragu. Bagu. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Rock Guys Talk Bad Guys here for Rocky in Review. Of course, this is the first movie. So uh, number one on our list is going to be the venerable, the badass Apollo Creed. I don't think it gets any. I mean. I love Carl Weathers. Again, for all the reasons why we've talked about, he's not a bad person. He's not a villain in this movie. He's certainly, he's just a very smart business person and an incredibly talented fighter who has risen to the ranks and is put in a weird situation where he's got to come up with a way to save this purse and save this fight. And he does it and he gives Rocky the shot of a lifetime. So I'm going to put if him anything, on. anything, he's a protagonist. He, yeah, he, might actually be, he might actually be good for Rocky. Rocky <laughs> might be his own worst enemy on this one, but um so yeah unless i mean it is crazy. no i like that yeah i, I think for uh for the rocky series i say for ragu bagu uh we don't it's the opponent yeah, yeah, yeah. right so so how about oh god ragu apo <laughs> yes 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 ragu 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 apollo creed i loved him in this i thought he was rad i think that him being more of a producer than a fighter is like the the coolest starting point for the first movie's opponent like i that that's to me is a plot that oh cool we get that three or four movies in but for them to start with it very cool i, I think mm-hmm. what, what works as well for uh creed is what uh one of the things that i want to talk about is what is that boxers don't see other people as bad guys and good guys i know people like to like say okay floyd mayweather is the bad guy in this fight but is this boxing is just their opponents that's all there is there's an argument they talk trash whoever wins they settle the argument in the ring and that's that's and that's what i love about boxing it's it's an awesome sport i love the sweet science of it all and i love how they always say styles make fights the style of rocky versus apollo creed it's very entertaining to watch because they're just complete opposites opposites and what makes it much more entertaining when we get later into the saga uh no spoilers of course yeah no no spoilers baby no spoilers um so of course ranking the the movies right now rocky one is the number one will it remain there i'm gonna say i hope not i hope not i want to i want to step it up from here i want to i want to get some more for more excitement uh but but we'll see we'll see everybody andy are you excited where are you at with this? Because I know this is the first movie. We have many ahead of us. Are you stoked about that? Or are you kind of like, oh, no, what I signed up for? I am definitely excited for the the ones that people look forward to most. Like, I know that there's a couple of Rocky movies people don't like and think are, like, really, really bad stuff. And then, of course, I'm excited for Creed. Because in my opinion, 
getting to Creed is kind of going to be like us watching uh, Planet of the Apes trilogy, where it's like it's on that level of a good time of like yes. good writing, good action, like good kind of like paced out stuff. And it's all super hype. Um, that's where I feel like I'm going to be with the Creed series for the rest of this. Yeah, I'm stoked to see will he ever become the champion? And I know that he has other uh, opponents that I know of through other pop culture uh, mediums. So, yeah. yeah, I'm super stoked to see what happens with the good Rockies for the bad ones. I'm excited to make fun of them. Yeah. Uh, yeah, should be a good time. Sancho, thank you so much for joining us for this. Where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on all things at Sancho West. I do the thing on Twitch, of course, when we play some awesome video games. I, You know what, dude? I might find some Rocky video games to play. That that sounds awesome thing to do in the interim because we're going to be here for a while. Oh, get, yeah. your, get yourself a little uh, Oculus Quest. Play some <laughs> VR boxing. There's get a, a Creed VR boxing. There is, yeah. Yeah. I want to get well, some abs after this. <laughs> yeah. Let us know in the comments below what you thought of Rocky One and go to patreon.com slash kind of funny to write your review in haiku form for next week for Rocky Two. Woo. But until next time, keep on punching. <laughs>